Remember that parking garage where they met the Balrog yeah, to I get do. special information? <laughs> and, the, and they called him Deep Throat. And yeah. it was very, you know, nobody knew who it was, even though he was a flaming Balrog. <laughs> Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Please go to audible.com slash syncast to get a free 30-day trial. All right, everybody, welcome to the Syncast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined as always by the voice of CinemaSins, Jeremy Scott. Hey. And from music video sins, Barrett Cher. Hey, you. <laughs> this is an exciting fucking podcast. Yes, it is. Oh, I can't wait. So... Uh, over the over like the last half of the of 2016 and then plus our last episode we did the best of the years that we've been alive mm-hmm. that encompasses 40 years uh 42 years yeah uh, or 40 no is it 42 40 For, uh, 75 to it's 42 yeah yeah 42 years of uh movie madness yeah. coming up with all the best of every coming up with an aggregate and all that as we got closer to the end of this, we're like, where are we going to, could we possibly expand this mm-hmm. a little bit? And we've decided we're going to do some March Madness with it. Let the games begin! Do you believe in miracles? Yes! In one shining moment, it's all on the line. Battle Royale! The crowd is just on its feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh... You're excited! <laughs> Feel these nipples! March Madness. Mm-hmm. Bracketology, baby. That's right. For a lot of you who might be in other countries and don't know about our NCAA tournament that's basketball out here, mm-hmm. March Madness is when they get 68 teams from college basketball. To, they're pitted against each other yeah. in a, in the game of death yeah. that yeah. is basketball. Sudden death <laughs> tournament. That's right. You lose, you're done. You win, you move on. And eventually right. there's one winner. That's correct. And we are about to try and fucking do that. That's yeah. right with movies we're gonna do that with movies and it's all opinions it's not on the field (laughs) yeah seriously like that guy in the comments right now typing i can't believe you picked this over this like every single one of these is gonna be apples to oranges yeah we're going with our gut and it's gonna get ugly i'm telling you right now uh just as sheer surprise i have not looked at every single ranking on this our our buddy barrett who is right here in the room yeah uh, came up for the seating of this. Now I trust him. I believe that he will come up with a, a seating that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But I have looked at a couple of these, and holy shit, those are going to be hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's sort of like you know, I, I for about ten minutes I tried to put myself in Barrett's shoes. How would I go about trying to seed these? Because in real life. The March Madness, March Madness tournament seating committee, whatever, takes into account all these different factors, yeah. right? It's points scored, it's common opponents, it's your how good your opponents were when you played them at the time, and there's all these different factors and scores that end up with the rankings, and then from those rankings they try and go, okay, this school should be these four should be number one seeds, these four should be number two seeds. It's got to be hard as hell to do in in that tournament. 
Oh, yeah. Maybe even harder here, because I remember back to a year where we gave When Harry Met Sally Mm -hmm. a victory. Mm -hmm. And I know When Harry Met Sally is going to go up against another movie we gave a victory to, and it's going to lose in just tragic Bambi stomping (laughs) fashion, like Godzilla versus Bambi. But who knows? It may have gotten a good draw. You never know. It it might be up against uh, something stupid. We don't know. That's what's so great about the NCAA tournament, college basketball tournament, is that, yes, you have like a smaller school with not a very well-known program that goes up like a powerhouse, but they've never met each other. They don't know. They may have completely different styles, and that's why you get these big upsets like Middle Tennessee State yeah. University over Michigan State My last fucking year. alma mater. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, or mater. Alma mater. <laughs> Destroyed your Michigan State Spartans, assholes. That's right. <laughs> and that's what's so exciting about it, that you could have a 15 seed or a 16 seed, for that matter, uh, in this tournament that could go a long way because yeah. of the matchups. Well, that and there were years we went through as we were doing this that were a lot stronger, where it was a lot harder to yeah. choose one. And then years where it was lean and it was a little easier to choose. Well, what if, you know, we've got one of these second or third place teams from a year that was really strong? Do we yeah. have any room on the bracket for like a play-in team like that? Mm-hmm. Do we? Yes, we do. All right. So you filled the bracket out to how many positions? Uh, 68. So just like the NCAA tournament. Correct. So we've got 42 winners. And then we've got 26 that were highly regarded but did not win their year. Correct. And even one of those could squeak by one that won their year. Absolutely. You're talking about some movies here that didn't win in certain years that probably technically might have been better than what we came up with. Yeah. That will maybe possibly go through the tournament and just beat all these other movies. Yeah. And then the movie that it lost to might lose to something else. And it will have it a clean up, yeah. way to the to the victory. So these are ones that when they they do this uh, NCAA tournament, they do these things called bubble teams. The ones that are that have won maybe important games, but don't have the win total that some of the the higher seeds have. And those are the ones that barely make the tournament. When they barely make it, they may be a ten seed, they may be a fifteen seed, that kind of thing. But they're still really good. Mm-hmm. Maybe they had injuries. Maybe they went through a period of transition, that kind of thing, but got hot at the right time. This could be that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so the, the point of this episode today, as mm-hmm. far as we know, we don't know where this is all going to go, but basically we're going to reveal the bracket. Yes. Now, if you follow March Madness in America or Canada or any other non-English speaking country that gives a shit, um, they actually put this on TV, the yeah. bracket like unveiling. Yeah, they make it a program. Yeah. It's, it's a fucking scam. Well, it is. <laughs> Thanks for telling all of our listeners that, because we're about to do the same thing. Uh, but I agree with you. It is a fucking scam. Exactly. Yeah. See? <laughs> well, what, the reason, part of the reason of that is, so they reveal all this stuff and, you know, the, there's a big committee. I don't know how many people are on this committee for the college basketball thing, but they have faulty logic some ways and they have questionable judgment on which teams should be in and that kind of thing. Essentially, this is a one-man committee, so I expect to be peppered both by my co-hosts and by the people in the comments. Uh, Once you make one change to this thing, uh, for example, in the first draft that I sent you guys, I left out City of God, one of Mm -hmm. our favorite movies uh, that had to be in there and it had to be a relatively high seed, too. So because of that, of course, somebody had to exit it and also it restructured the entirety of the right. rest of the, the brackets. So in the seatings. So it gets complicated. Um, so and yeah. al- almost every year, 
these teams that get in, there's somebody who's like, this team shouldn't have gotten in because yeah. of it. And you're like, you're right, man. He They shouldn't have gotten in. And then they end up in like the Elite Eight. <laughs> <laughs> they somehow win three or four games yep. and prove every and prove that asshole committee wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, right. And, uh, you know, whatever. By, by the way, that's the, that's the entirety of the selection show is, you know, they have 15 minutes of introducing the brackets and then like, 45 minutes of them bitching about right, the right, right, right. Well, the, the fun thing about it, though, is getting to see the teams and yeah. they're waiting to see their names called and yeah, all that. Yeah, and yeah. then they get to cheer once their name is called and everything. <laughs> or cry if their name isn't called. It is <laughs> funny, though, to watch these 16 seeds, though. They yeah. come out and they're like, they get to play Duke. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And they're all like, yeah, well, you know, you never know. You know? <laughs> We're <laughs> so screwed. Hey, uh, now, a in, in NCAA tournament men's play, a 16 has never beaten a one yep but i believe in the women's tournament it has happened oh yeah yeah it's happened once but it's never happened in the men's tournament uh many times there's been teams that thought they had a chance they were they were close at halftime yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's never happened yeah so, the 15-2 has happened several 15 times. 15-2 has happened several times but not a 16-1 and that's what people tune in for especially that first weekend is and we typically watch this the first uh, couple of days or, or one of those days together uh is you're cheering for the upset because if you don't have a horse in the race, you just want you, you submit your bracket. You want your bracket to be right. But even if your bracket goes against this game, you're cheering for the lower seed. Yeah, if you yeah. don't have a time. vested interest, that's always been my sports philosophy. Yeah. Is the root for the underdog. You want you want chaos, man. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. 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 Let's get into this, and uh, I think so. What we're going to do is we're going to reveal our number one seeds first, right? That's correct. First note is uh, we will publish this online. I'll get a, a screenshot of it, uh, post it on Twitter. We will uh, send some sort of link to it in the show notes and that kind of thing, too. Feel free to play along, print it out, make your picks. And uh, we mentioned this uh, uh, website called Flickchart a long time ago. Yeah. Basically, this is Flickchart. You, yeah. you end up getting to your favorite movie by process of elimination in a head-to-head matchup. And that's basically what this is. Uh, just in a different form. Yeah, the only difference is Flickchart will give you the same movie multiple times. Yeah. Whereas once you're out here, you're done, movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fucking out of here. That's right. Make room for Duke. Yeah, exactly. All right. So the uh, you want to get into it? Uh, yeah. Well, I don't want to not. Okay. Right. So our number one seeds are. Yes. Starting with, let's see. I don't know if you, did you rank this as far as like, did you have an overall number one seed? I do have an overall number one okay, seed. Okay. What's your overall number one seed? Overall number one seed is Jaws. Okay. For Jaws. multiple reasons. So. The one seeds are ones that we were all uh, in consensus with. Mm, um, okay. And with Jaws, there was a little bit of thought uh, to One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Um, I actually like that a lot. But Jaws is Jaws. Um, it's also the first one that we picked in this whole series, too. Mm -hmm. So it's got kind of special significance. Um, so that's our number one overall seed. Jaws is going to throw a 40-year-old, 42-year-old team out onto the court <laughs> to go up against some unsuspecting 16 seed from the late 2000s. Yeah, yeah exactly. Now, our, our other number one seeds, another Spielberg movie hit this list, and that's Schindler's List yep. from ah. 1993. Yep. Um, uh, that's a, obviously going to be a tough ombre. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> maybe i shouldn't even say that that is going to be a a sure that words off the market it now. is now it is now um i'm sure that's going to be a tough matchup with who, who wherever schindler's list goes it's yeah. going to be tough to pick against it on any grounds well, you know i mean look in 1993 it had stiff competition from the other spielberg movie yeah, in jurassic, jurassic park. park uh but it was one of those picks that was almost like an automatic consensus here um we all just 
recognized the importance of it and how great it was and what an achievement it was. And I mean, that had to be a number one. Yeah. All right. Um, another movie that Spielberg was a part of. Yep. Back to the Future. Yeah. Is number one scene. Yeah. This is so much fun. I'm just going to interject to the listeners. I have not read any of these. Like I haven't. Barrett so sent like two versions, and I didn't look at any of them. And I'm coming well, in blind. And so. I and I didn't look at I didn't look at the whole thing. I just I just w- looked at a couple things, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to be surprised on this. Yeah. And and I'm and I, and I know these number ones because I'm just kind of looking at it now. But I have, still haven't even as I'm talking. <laughs> know all of the matchups yet yeah um but our other number one is children of men yep. another ah, fantastic yep. fantastic movie there those are solid four those are four solid number one seeds feel good about the number ones i yeah. do where's I do. fucking when harry met sally with the one seed those then? are so the, the one seeds exactly we'll get into that right. definitely uh the one seeds are almost unimpeachable you mm. can't you can maybe argue that back to the future is a two seed but not very strongly you know Jaws, Schindler's List, Children of Men, those are just like ironclad for us. Well, we've got we've got Artie Pick, we've got we've got uh, an independent movie basically there. Children of Men's not really independent, but it's 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 a, a smaller movie. Yeah, yeah. And then we have two mega blockbusters, mm-hmm. and then we have a very serious drama. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And so those that's a it's a good mix. Got your bases covered there. And a strong Spielberg connection throughout. Which might say something about why he's one of the greatest directors of Spielberg's all time. Spielberg's going to show up a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so we have also, we have uh, four play-in games, right? Yep. And the, uh, these, are the, these are the ones that are basically barely got in bubble teams that slipped through and they're and they're ready to to fight but once they get done they'll be going up against the number one seeds. yeah exactly so uh again in the ncaa tournament there's four teams that have to play their own round to even get into that 64 team uh tournament and those are called the play-in games and we had four that were really strong that really should be um you know in the discussion but they didn't make that final cut so we decided to to go on and include so them let's too. find out who's going to get slaughtered okay so in the jaws bracket we have in the play-in game rushmore versus indiana jones and the last crusade yeah wow. <laughs> i tell you what that's gonna be a hell of a debate yep i can't wait to get into it this actually. whole thing's gonna be fucking insane <laughs> i love it i love the chaos of this bracket one and then there's a playing game that hurts my soul this one hurts my soul right here guys going in the schindler's list round the departed yep. versus close encounters yeah. of the third oh kind. my god I love it. I and love think it. about this if close Encounters somehow makes it out of that it'll be spielberg versus spielberg oh wow. oh yeah well you know you mentioned that the the beginning too because if indiana jones and last crusade that's win, right that's true it's gonna be another that's one true. it's gonna go up against jaws oh, that, wow. that's correct um that is a soul herder <laughs> and um in the back to the future bracket lord of the rings the two towers versus all the president's men so yeah. we have eight playing teams and four playing games Correct. yes all right i misunderstood so say those teams again i'm sorry i was distracted lord of the rings the two towers and all the president's men will Holy be going balls. up against each other well in those the- two movies are basically identical yeah, they are right how am i gonna <laughs> even how many choose? times did woodward and bernstein walk three hours to get to <laughs> some new place to find information remember that parking garage where they met the balrog yeah, to i get do special information? <laughs> and, the, and they called him deep throat and yeah. it was very you know nobody knew who it was even though he was a flaming balrog 
my wife is trying to think of. She's got the movie uh, with uh, Vigo Mortensen, Cap- Captain Fantastic. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was trying to think of his name to tell me about this movie that she had gotten from Netflix. <laughs> and she was like, Afron, Efron. <laughs> <laughs> Glover, like she was all Glover? over it. She was all. She had all her right consonants in there. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels thing. And I finally came up with like Vigo Mortensen, and she's like, yeah. And she was like, I was close. No, no, not so You mean Zach? You Efron? mean you mean Mister Jameson? Yeah. I think she was confusing the actor's name and, and Aragorn his character. Uh, That's how he got to some of these. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. the the other play-in game uh, in the Children of Men bracket is Field of Dreams versus One Flew Over the Cuckoo's. Yeah. Right? Oh wow. So we've got now. I can already looking at these playing games. I kind of have an idea fifty fifty how that's going to go. Mm-hmm. But man, some of the oh my god, holy crap! Now, Good match. That's actually just mean. Yeah, it's just mean. Now voting will be easy on all these, right? Because unless we bring in a guest, it's it's going to be it's every single bracket will come down to a two to one vote yep. or three nothing yep. vote. Right. So we won't have like several rounds of no, voting. Hell no. Um, and, uh, you know, but it's we, like the Supreme Court. Well, yeah. not as the Supreme Court is right now, but in ideally. Yeah, as it's supposed to be. Yes. <laughs> okay. Those are the principles. Now let's get into the meat of this whole tournament here. Let's go with let's go with the the Jaws round. We're going to talk about all the movies that are in the Jaws uh, bracket. So if you can visualize this as you're listening to it, you may have already clicked on the link and, and are looking at the bracket itself. We've divided these into four different regions, and they're going to be north, south, east, and west. And we'll start with the north region, which is the the first one here. Uh, so we'll run it down. Do you want to do the uh, the seeds, and then we'll talk yeah. about the matchups? Let's go in order of seeds, and then talk about the matchups. All right. So the number two seed in the north bracket is Die Hard from mm. 1988. Oh, this is the Jaws bracket? This yeah. is the Jaws bracket. I'm already dubbing this the classics bracket. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's exciting. It's got some heavy headers, it for sure. It definitely does. Uh, Die Hard really has a strong case to be a number two seed. Probably not a number one seed. It really wasn't in consideration, but it's one of our all-time favorites, mm-hmm. and it had to be in there in the discussion. Uh, the number three seed, uh, for, I just imagine like the casts of these movies like watching on screen, yeah. ready to erupt when I right. announce these things. Yeah, and and some of them have the same uh, cast members. <laughs> yeah, uh, they have to run back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> that would be yay, awesome. Yay. Yeah. Uh, so the number three seed in the North Bracket is Silence of the Lambs. Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> From 1991. Uh, I'll get to my reasoning in this in, in just a bit. So All that's right. the number three seed. Uh, number four seed in the North bracket is L.A. Confidential. What oh, a, come a, on! No, and, and, and much like the NCAA tournament, you look at some of these four seeds sometimes and you go, holy shit, there's yeah. a movie that has a chance to win it all right exactly. there. Exactly. Yeah, L.A. You Confidential, you know, is one of the best movies ever made. Yep. So you're, you know, that's a that's a really like strong four seed. I'll tell you, this is, uh, I'll give you a tease. It has a strong matchup in the first round. Yes, it does. Yeah. It does. Okay, so number five seed in the North region is Goodfellas. Jeez, Ooh. I mean, then we're talking another one. That's yeah. another, that's like, best all time. <laughs> exactly. You know? Exactly. And, and we'll get into how difficult it is. You know, why would Goodfellas be a number five seed? It's one of the best movies of all time. But that's how these things, uh, the Somebody cookie Somebody posted on Reddit the other day, which is Scorsese's better movie, uh, Goodfellas or Casino? And I clicked through, and I was disappointed that all the comments weren't calling him an idiot for even <laughs> asking the question. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a break. No, that's not even close. 
Although Casino, I like Casino. Yeah, but it's it, you it's like no, Casino. It's no Goodfellas. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, okay, so the number six seed in the North region is Aliens. Ooh. 1986 follow-up sequel with uh, James Cameron. Did you see that story the other day? Um, he gave an interview. I guess he was talking about his upcoming involvement with the Terminator movies again or what have you. But he was somebody was telling... No, it wasn't even him. It was one of the producers told the story of how he got the gig to direct Aliens. And like... He came in and everybody else had been prepared with PowerPoints or, you know, storyboards and ideas. And he literally walked in on the board and they had alien written on the board and he wrote an S after it and then put two straight dollar sign lines through it, closed the pen and set it down. And that was his pitch. <laughs> and they hired him that day. How fucking... I mean, bad it, even ass, if I man. read it on some website and you can't really trust everything anymore these days, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Go on. That's uh, good a great pick. great pitch. Uh, yeah, so Aliens is the uh, sixth seed. Um, number seven seed from 1982, E.T., the yeah, extraterrestrial. More Aliens and more Spielberg. Um, yeah, Spielberg's exactly. going to be all over this bracket. Yeah. He is littered. Yeah, it's basically the sponsored by Amblin movie bracket. <laughs> right. <laughs> Pretty yeah. much, yeah. Uh, number eight seed, this is an interesting one. Very new movie, La La Land. Mm -hmm. La La La. Is up there. Also has an interesting matchup in the first round. Right. Uh, just to kind of give the you- The one we just named, right? No, the nope. next one that we named. The next one. Uh, to give you a, a, an idea of how this is going to work, the eight and nine seeds play each other in the first round, and then it kind of goes off from there like chopsticks on a piano. But uh, the number nine seed that La La Land will be up against in the first round is Fargo mm -hmm. from 1996. <laughs> yeah. Uh, interesting uh, juxtaposition 20 years This whole uh, thing apart. is going to be, do you want pizza or tacos? Exactly. Yeah, like, yeah can I have a taco pizza? <laughs> yeah. Can I have a musical Fargo? And this is why we have to go through these, uh, you know, discuss these matchups as you go because, you know, maybe the next day you're feeling like, you know, maybe I would put in Fargo more than I would La La Land. Mm -hmm. The next day over that, maybe I would probably watch La La Land over Fargo. Mm -hmm. So good stuff. The number 10 seed, and I'll explain why the 10 seed is a good line of demarcation here. Number 10 seed is Amelie from 2001. Mm -hmm. Now, 2001 is where Chris and I decided on Amelie, and then we had Modern Horrors over here. And all three, uh, the two of them and Jeremy picked different movies. Mm -hmm. One was Training Day, one was Lord of the Rings, and one was uh, the others. Yeah. So um, that was an interesting pick. It kind of got in by default. Mm -hmm. um, we love it. I think it's great. Uh, it's got a very good chance. Uh, the number 10 seed is where you hit the end of the winners. Right. Okay. You had to have won your year to get into the top 10 seeds. Now, we'll talk about wonderful, great, classic movies that are ranked in seeds uh, 11 through 16, they didn't win their year. They are not eligible to get higher than one that did. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's why you have When Harry Met Sally, when you see that. I like that philosophy. It'll be over that. I do. Uh, the number 11 seed in this region is Gone Baby Gone mm -hmm. from 2007, a movie that we've talked dark about horse right there. Uh, many times. Now, you'll notice a theme, 2007 and 1989, I believe, both have the highest bubble team numbers uh, because those were yeah, incredibly we strong years. Yeah. 1994 has a couple too. Um, so those are going to be interesting kind of Cinderella stories, you know? A Cinderella story. Exactly. Uh, similarly, speaking of 1994, number 12 seed is Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You rat fucking. <laughs> it's a 12 seed. You pig bastard. seed. You yeah. goddamn motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> and well, speaking of speaking which. Of that, the yeah. number 13 seed is 2004 Silence. 
sideways. Oh, you're hurting my soul. <laughs> this is this is a a a soul crushing bracket. I can't wait to get into. I can't wait to get into the actual matchups because you're gonna sit there and go the fuck. Yeah, <laughs> that's what you're gonna be saying. Exactly the fuck. Exactly. All right. So the number fourteen seed in this region is Finding Nemo from right. two thousand three. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh. The last two are coming up on uh, the number 15 seed, which is insane to think about. It is. In this region is Star Wars A New Hope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's absolutely insane. It's, Star Wars A New Hope from 1977. For some people, Star Wars is the best movie of all time. Yep. And here it's a 15 seed. <laughs> Well, we said 15 seeds sometimes eke out that victory over the two seeds. Well, and when we get into the matchups, now we talked about the 16 seed on this already. Mm -hmm. It's a Rushmore versus Indiana Jones. Whoever wins that is the 16 seed. Mm -hmm. Let's get into these matchups because this this shit is going to (laughs) make everybody flip the fuck out. Yep. So, yeah, Jaws will play whoever wins that. Die Hard two seed plays Star Wars fifteen seed. I love that matchup. I love that matchup so much. It's it's it is uh just an it's just an insane battle. I just realized this whole thing. However many podcasts it lasts, we could have subtitled it. How to piss off ninety five percent of your audience? (laughs) Yeah, possibly. Um. The three and fourteen, Silence of the Lambs against Finding Nemo. That's yes. that's mm. one that's one that's interesting. It's completely different, obviously. Yeah, very man. interesting. Um, uh, four and thirteen, L.A. Confidential versus Sideways. Yeah. Oh, fuck me. Then you have this is this one right here. This is just this is no fucking joke. We're talking. You're. I mean, seriously, you're playing with our emotions here. <laughs> this right here is one of the toughest matchups I've ever seen in my life. Goodfellas versus the Shawshank Redemption oh, in the 5 and 12. Jesus. Yeah. And 12s always beat 5s. Yep. Oh, Jesus. Um, a, lot of, a lot of criminals in that matchup. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, there are. And at least one innocent man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Joe Pesci, right? Yeah. Isn't that's it? exactly who I am. Joe met. Pesci. <laughs> the 6 and 11 is Aliens versus Gone Baby Gone. Yeah, wow. that's a good one. Uh, the 7 and 10 is E.T. versus Amelie. Yeah, that's an interesting one. And then we we already basically mentioned this. La La Land versus Fargo yeah. uh, completes that roundup. And that's just one round. That's just one region. Yeah. <laughs> I love these matchups so much because when you're forced to compare something as different. Now, I remember Jeremy saying that Finding Nemo was one of the most, I think he said one of the more perfect movies yeah. out there. Yeah. Uh, but then you look at Silence of the Lambs. Also, one of the more perfect movies out there yeah. for a completely different reason. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, it's it's going to be interesting to see how you can kind of talk yourself into one over the other. I mean, that's the uh, Sophie's choice of this whole exercise. Well, and I think what will make it hopefully listenable is having no fucking clue what's going to happen. Yeah, because I don't think we do. No, I don't no. know. And 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 then also also if we're upset about the seating here. Just realize that. There's going to be some movies that are classic that are in that higher 11, 12, 13. They're going to come off with a victory and probably easily, too. Uh, So we could have easily come back and done this, like put a bunch all together and said, which ones are the best ones out of this? And then made Goodfellas a two or a three seed, like it probably normally would be, probably. I like that we're basing it on our own data. But we're basing it on our own data and... And, you know, there's going to be this is going to be different from an NCAA tournament and where you think 
15 or 16 might actually have a shot. And yeah, you have, if you remember Psychology 101 uh, back in, in the college days or whatever, uh, there's the primacy bias and the recency bias, mm-hmm. um, whereby a classic movie like Die Hard or Star Wars or something like that has the benefit of age mm-hmm. and has the benefit of all this stuff that goes with it, the memories and Reputation. all that stuff. And then you have the recency bias where you may be like we all are kind of swept up in La La Land mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. And that's more on your mind. Or maybe you just watched uh, Gone Baby Gone a little bit ago, that kind of thing. And that may be what gets it over the hump, you know. And then you have everything in the middle that we'll probably ignore. But yeah, uh, yeah no, I, I think that's an interesting phenomenon. All right. What's the next region? Next region. <clears throat> next region is the uh, South Bracket. Woohoo, South. <laughs> South region. Um, So we already talked about uh, Schindler's List is the number one seed on this. Uh, It is very strange uh, for us to say something's going up against Schindler's List. Right. Obviously, we're talking about the movie itself uh, and and that merit. Not the list. So the number two seed, uh, which I really thought about putting as a number one seed, is Pulp Fiction. Mm -hmm. Oh. 1994. Um, That is... Now, it, it did not get consensus i believe no, I, I voted think you, shawshank. you voted shawshank so you know it really couldn't be in that in that uh, one discussion but sorry pretty much un, unimpeachable and uh definitely has a strong case game for being. changer that movie exactly exactly number three in this region is alien Ooh. without the dollar sign at the end i don't have a clever story about how he got that <laughs> directing gig mm-hmm. uh from 1979 we've got a good mix of Recent versus uh, classic movies in the top three spots. Uh, the most recent one in the number one seed is Children of Men in 2006. Mm-hmm. So that's the three seed in the South region. Uh, number four seed, an upstart, The Social Network yeah. from 2010. Ah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was not a consensus pick either, but uh, that was right up there. Yeah, um, I love that movie. It's so great. It's so great. Speaking of being untouchable or un impeachable god that's a fucking awful segue <laughs> yes it is number five seed in this region is the untouchables that was a terrible se- segue um so you, you know what i just found out yesterday they're remaking that french movie the untouchables oh yeah yeah with brian cranston and kevin hart mm. oh yeah and they're calling it the untouchables oh really because it was the intouchables i think right? yeah but well it was in french right but yeah it, i think means largely the same thing. oh okay um and i'm just boo 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 about all that yeah that's pooey. Yeah. All right. Well, Untouchables. They're, re- they're also remaking Da-da-da. that, uh, what was that, uh, Tony Erdman. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That, is it German or French? I think it's German. Uh, they're remaking that with Jack Nicholson. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Like this year. Oh, yeah, It yeah. just came out this well, year. it was because uh, he actually approached him and said, I, I watched the movie and I want to be in it. And he, has been, he hasn't done a movie in like since um, like gotcha. 2010 or something. No, what was the last one? Yeah, I don't remember. Departed. No, no it was wasn't that long ago, but it was it was it was definitely um it was definitely like 2010 or something like that that he last wow. made a movie, which is hard to believe. You, you you never really heard that he was like um retired or anything. The how do you know was in 2010 was the last Jack Nicholson movie. What what was that? That was that I believe it was uh, Nora Ephron. Was that that was it? that um. Whitney Houston Turn- song. How do you know? <laughs> he, he was in that video. <laughs> no, it was, oh, James L. Brooks actually did it. Huh. Oh wow! I like my I like me some James L. Brooks. Yeah, it's probably not a very good movie though. Yeah, five point four on IMDb. Oof. James L. Brooks and uh, Jack Nicholson though. That's a that's a long time yeah, team man. up there. Yeah. Um. Anyway, that was the last movie. 
Um, all right, let's get back. So going from one of Jeremy's favorite movies to another one of Jeremy's favorite movies, the sixth seed in this region is Out of Sight. Out of Sight. Out of Mind. Yeah, that's going to be, uh, there's some very, very interesting matchups in this region, mm-hmm. and that's in one of them, actually. Yeah. Uh, number seven seed uh, from 1977 is the winner for that year, Annie Hall. Mm-hmm. Annie Hall, mm-hmm. which I just watched recently, and uh, it's just—it's so glorious. It's such a great, great movie. So that's number seven seed in that region. Number eight seed, maybe relatively low, uh, but I think it's—it's it's pretty much couched in where it should be. Is Raiders of the Lost Ark? Yeah, oh. more Spielberg. More Spielberg. Mm-hmm. Um, this is uh, one of two Indiana Jones movies, uh, mm-hmm. not Temple of Doom. Yeah, uh, we talked about uh, the last or Crusade Crystal Skull <laughs> snub. Crystal Skull. <laughs> hey, I want to hear about the snubs. By the way, I think mm. it'd be hilarious. Yeah, actually, I don't want to hear about the snubs because I'm sure there's a zillion of them. Yeah, there are. Too late. You already um, said that. We're still on the winners of their year. The number nine seed that will be playing Raiders of the Lost Ark is Gravity 2013, mm. uh, which was. Uh, Gravity, I think, went a couple of rounds. I don't think we got Gravity on the first uh, the first round there. Uh, the number 10 seed is the much beleaguered When Harry Met Sally. Yeah. <laughs> Which it shouldn't be. It's just It was just the way we arrived <laughs> yes. to When Harry Met Sally. We went four rounds, I believe, yeah. on that yeah. one. And by the end of it, we I mean, we had said like all these great fucking movies. And then when Harry met Sally gets the consensus, it was so disappointing. And I love that movie. Yeah, I know. I love when Harry met Sally. So it was just one of those. It was almost a surprise. We we're like, oh, oh, I guess that won. I guess that won. <laughs> oh, all right. Um, and I had the deciding vote, too. I could have just said some other movie and kept it going. But <laughs> Well, a much, arguably a much better movie is the number 11 seed in this year. Came in second to Schindler's List, Jurassic Park in yep. 1993. Which, you know, now we've, we uh, we have got every, almost every great Spielberg movie yep. in this. <laughs> we've already touched on a zillion As of we them. probably should. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is a 12 seed that you should look at for an upset. This is 2006's The Prestige. Mm-hmm. Oh, snap. Yeah. Number 13 seed in this region maybe um, was a controversial pick uh, in a loaded year uh, for the Academy. It's American Beauty in 1999. Mm-hmm. Um, American Beauty is going to be an interesting one. We'll get it to it in the matchup, but it's not a movie that you want to see matched up to other movies. No. Because it's a movie that's encapsulated in itself, you know? Mm-hmm. But when you compare it to other good ones, like it, it's easy to poke holes in it. Yeah, but I, I like poking holes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. Uh, speaking of poking <laughs> holes via an axe to the back, that's right. Uh, yeah, in, man, I'm in, the king of these segues. Door. The Patriot. <laughs> That'd be awesome if it made the list. Uh, This is the 14th seed in this region is 1980's The Shining. Mm -hmm. Oh. One of my... And we have a lot of of Stephen King representing in this, Oh, yeah, I guess we do. Yeah. Yeah. Because the next one one is Stand By Me. Stand By Me is the number 15 seed. Now, this is a great movie. It's a dark horse. And it's a 15 seed. So you can see how this is starting to shake out. Uh, and Chris mentioned the play-in game for this region is the Departed versus Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Okay, so the matchups in this, Schindler's List will play whoever wins the Departed versus Close Encounters. We also already mentioned Raiders of the Lost Ark versus Gravity. In mm-hmm. this. Now we have Pulp Fiction versus Stand By Me oh, as a Jesus. 215. <laughs> 
Um, oh, the God. three and fourteen seed we have classic horror sci-fi Alien versus classic horror The Shining. Yeah. Oh, that's my two favorite horror movies ever. You dick. <laughs> as 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 you go through this bracket in particular, I have a sense that Barrett did this shit on purpose. Oh, that's an interesting. Did. I'm going to take this point to to interject. There were very few times. The only time that I would have to change seating is if it were like. There, there were rare times where it was just like the same year or something. There, like it, there was two, mm. two very, very close. But the seedings worked out by and large ninety eight percent of the time how they worked out. And that that shining um, alien one was one of the more unfortunate ones because that's also two of my favorite horror. Well, there's movies. one that I'm about to get up to is un- literally unbelievable that it came out <laughs> random like this. Um, the four and thirteen is Social Network versus American Beauty. You're absolutely right about. American Beauty going up against anything, yeah, yeah, especially Social Network. Know, that's a it's, it's going to be a, a it's going to be a tough one there. Um, the five and twelve. This is a tough one. The Untouchables versus the Prestige. Oh, you fucking dick! With the Prestige being the lower seed, I love it. Oh, um, you fucking dick. Then we have the six and eleven, which is Out of Sight versus Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Um, the seven and ten. Now here's one. This is one of like the serendipity type of thing here. <laughs> Annie Hall versus When Harry Met Sally. Oh my God, Isn't that crazy. That's pretty nuts. It yeah. is extremely crazy. And then the eight nine. We've already talked about that. Is uh, Raiders of the Lost in Gravity. So yes, that's uh that is another tough one. I don't think it's as tough as that first one we went through, but it's still got some really intriguing matchups. Yeah. In yeah. It. And, what I like, uh, I like how because there's so much apples to oranges in the North region, that this one is there's there's some apples to apples. It's mm-hmm. the Alien versus uh, Shining and Harry oranges Met to Hatsel. oranges and mm-hmm. oranges. Yeah. To or- we yeah. don't want to leave out the we don't oranges. Have to discriminate. Yeah, exactly. Or as an election, you know, where he's like, I also like bananas. <laughs> <laughs> So that is the uh, the South region. Region. Mm-hmm. All righty. So okay. we're move on to the, to the next east. one. All right. So the East region. Uh, we already talked about Children of Men is the number one seed here. Uh, number two seed here is City of God. Jeez. Oh, so we got wow. some ofs in there. Uh, that is just such a fucking. What's the number movie. one? Uh, Children of Men. Are all the movies in this bracket something of something? Uh, well, there is. Uh, no, there's only two. But there is a possibility. No, there's, th- there's a possibility of three. There is a possibility that after the playing game, that Field of Dreams could play Children of Men. Before I saw either of them, I used to get Children of Men and City of God Gotta. confused all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Sorry. Go on. All right. Number three seed in this region is Almost Famous mm-hmm. from 2000. Yeah. That we all love. That's uh, my happy place. Mm-hmm. It's a good happy place. Number four seed here. Talk about happy place. Yeah. Few good men. Yeah. Oh, 1992. Oh, shit. Just mm-hmm. watched it uh, again recently. Came into it. The edited for TV version. Oh. Like TNT. Wow. Watched the whole thing. Yeah. Also a lot of Nicholson on this list. Yeah. In this bracket. Nicholson Spielberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cleaning up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a lot of that. I uh, love A Few Good Men. It's got a four seed. It's got an interesting matchup in the, uh, in yes, the first does. round, too. Number five seed in this region is The Right Stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, oh, oh, oh. I was going to say the Paul Abdul <laughs> oh, song. Oh, oh. That was New Kids on the Block. Oh, mm. well, I'm glad I confused that with Paul <laughs> Abdul. That <laughs> shows how little I know about that music. I don't know what you're confusing it with, but... The, it, for some reason, straight up got into my head. There you go. <laughs> straight that's up what now, I, Tammy. You, you really, really got it? Yeah. Because she would do that. Ow, ow, ow. Yeah, that, 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 there we go. It was the O. You know, it's weird. I tweeted, uh, 
I mean, in an airport sometime that the, I was listening to Paul Abdul. It was the uh, Opposites Attract song. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I tweeted that Paul Abdul was the reason that autotune was invented. <laughs> <laughs> And maybe 20 minutes later, she followed me on Twitter. Holy balls. <laughs> oh, no. I, 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 yeah, that's just puzzling. <laughs> I did. I meant it in, in jest. I actually like, uh, I had, yeah. uh, oh, what was the first one? Hush, it, hush. No, Rush, Rush was on the rush, second rush. one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know hush, shit about Paul hush, Abdul, hush. obviously. <laughs> no, no, here go my name now. Um, anyway, I had both of those first two albums, and mm-hmm. they were awesome. Yeah. Anyway, we're getting off topic here. Not so that was all. the five C was the right stuff. Yep. From 1983, also a loaded year that has a couple of um, entries in here. Mm-hmm. Number six seed, great movie, There Will Be Blood in yeah, 2007. There Will Be Blood. Now, this won a year that was stacked. Yep. Oh, we yeah. already mentioned Gone Baby Gone is in here. There's no another country. one in here. Yeah. There's an interesting thing in the brackets, too, that will uh, come up. Uh, so that was 2007. The seventh seed in this region is Up in the Air, mm-hmm. uh, 2009, that won that year. Uh, I believe that went a couple of rounds uh, to get to Up in the Air, mm-hmm. but it's a magical movie. We love it. When was um, the last time you saw it? Uh, Probably last year. Okay, because anytime I see it when I'm flipping, I land on it. Mm-hmm. Next time you see it, the guy at the very end who George Clooney writes the letter to saying you should hire this girl immediately and don't look back, Don Draper's older brother. Really? Really? No, I'm just saying he looks exactly like Don Draper's older brother. Oh. <laughs> did, did Don Draper have an older brother in the I show? I he had a younger brother that uh, killed himself, right? Uh, My point is this guy looks like John Hamm with gray hair and a little more age. Ah, Next time you John watch Hammond? the movie, look for that. Now, if it's John Hamm, it's a hell of a makeup job. <laughs> it's Roger Sterling. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that was up in the air. It was the seventh seed. Uh, the eighth seed, maybe a little bit low for some people, The Dark Knight mm-hmm. from 2008. Yeah. Uh, great movie. Uh, it is the eight seed. Got a matchup with the nine seed, Rocky. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Uh, from 1976. Now, this is the second movie that won in our breakdown of the years in, in movies. Mm-hmm. And I am prepared uh, for a lot of, you can't win, jokes, <laughs> if, it, uh, if it makes it to a couple more. Yeah, rounds. yeah, exactly. And this will probably be made by me. Yeah. Interesting pick. I actually forgot that we had picked this. Uh, this oh, is yeah. the number I 10 did too. <laughs> I did too. Well, this is, so this is from the episode from 1978. Well, 1978 was such an awful year. It was an awful year. This is the episode that we did in Chris's closet. Oh, wow. Uh, that was, that was a lot of fun. Uh, it's Animal House oh. is the 10 seed. Yeah, that doesn't have a chance. Love Animal House, but, uh, it, it was, it was not the best year. No. It got it was on not the strength of its record and it's going to go down in head to head tournament. <laughs> yeah. It's a straw man. Right. Uh, the number 11 seed, so now we're in the bubble teams here. Lost in Translation, 2003, mm-hmm. one of our uh, poster yep. things. One of the only poster ones that didn't win. Didn't win? Yeah, crazy. Mm-hmm. 2003, lost to uh, City of God. Uh, number 12 seed in this region, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Yeah, there's another. Yeah. Just unbelievable, yeah. This has got a very interesting matchup in the first Yes, round. it does. Uh, number t- 13 seed in this region is Do the Right Thing. Yep. Uh, Always try to. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, this yep. one, uh, this one, okay. I think this is perfectly placed. Yeah. Uh, because it's it's a strong bubble bubble movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. <laughs> I was going to say bubble team. We're inventing new terms. Exactly. Yeah. It's a strong one. It didn't win the year, uh, but it's it's great. It's 1989 film again. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it could be, some people may say that it's it's over-seated. Some people may say that it's under-seated, but I think it's right there. I think it's it's in a good spot. Yeah. If it didn't win the the year, 
Another one from 2007, No Country for Old Men is the number 14 seed oh. here. Um, interesting that uh, that was 14 and the Do the Right Thing was 13. Yeah. Uh, number 15 seed, another great movie from 1999, The Sixth Sense. Yeah. You see these years popping up a lot. <laughs> yeah. these, these same ones, 94, 99, 89, 2007, these are all like amazing years. Yeah, because they're so well representative of how great those years were. You had to get these classic movies in there, you know? Yeah. Number 16 seed uh, is yeah, where either the Field of Dreams or One Flew the Cougar Nest. They'll play Children of Men. Now, the the matchups here, uh, we have City of God versus The Sixth Sense in wow. the 215. Okay. Uh, in the 314 matchup, we have Almost Famous versus No Country for Old Men. Love oh. that one. Well, that's harsh. That's a really tough one. Uh, this one is going. This one's going to be very tough for me. A few good men versus do the right thing is the four oh. for four and thirteen yeah, one. Yeah. Wow. Uh, the five and twelve is the right stuff versus Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, which is that's another really interesting entry mm-hmm. because honestly, I love Eternal Sunshine, but it's not the strongest of candidates, and neither is the right stuff. Two so different movies. One epic i mean the epicest epic uh in modern american <laughs> film really three hour 13 it's so minute long movie. but it's great oh yeah it's terrific and dealing with you know it's a docudrama essentially versus something that's so fantastical yeah uh the six and eleven is there will be blood versus lost in translation that's two of your favorite movies yeah, yeah. It, i mean that's gonna be just that's that's gonna be like you know the whatever the whole biblical story is about splitting it in half or yeah. whatever and all that <laughs> or the seinfeld episode where newman tells him to split the bike in half <laughs> only the bike's true owner would rather the bike stay whole that's right the wisdom of solomon uh, the seven and ten is another interesting one. I, I think it's pretty easy to figure out who's going to win this, though. Up in the air versus Animal House. Oh wow! And then the eight nine is Dark Knight versus Rocky. Yeah, Stallone versus Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's an interesting matchup mm-hmm. because one has. I'll tell you what's cool about this matchup. One has baggage that came after it, and one had baggage that came almost all before it. Mm. You know. And they're both great. Mm-hmm. In fact, I would say that the significance of Rocky has been diminished. Like how great that initial film was mm-hmm. has been diminished over you know all those sequels. Well, yeah, and especially if you are our age and you probably watched like a Rocky Four or something before yeah. you got to the first Rocky. Mm-hmm. You watched all these silly Rockies and you enjoyed them even. Yeah. And then you get to this first Rocky and you're like, whoa. Yeah. This is like an actual film yeah <laughs> i don't want to watch this shit <laughs> yeah you know i mean he's taking this time this is a nice 1970s movie here well i mean yeah that, that was the same thing with first blood and and how rambo turned into rambo mm-hmm. you know yeah uh, but first blood is such a good like action thriller mm-hmm. you know and uh completely different than what came after and then with the dark knight with the dark knight yeah batman begins was was terrific but you still had the baggage of Batman and Robin and Batman Forever and all that bullshit that came before it and everything. So, interesting, interesting matchup. Yeah, I like it. All right, and now our final bracket. The West Bracket. Uh, these the guys are going to be traveling out. Back to the Future, uh, which was a consensus pick, very easily done here. Uh, we were also in closets. I was in a closet. You guys, you were in a closet. I was in a closet. Jeremy was in his regular room but yeah we weren't 
were were we were you here? I was oh, here. Yeah. Oh, oh that's right. I think you I, were in you were in this other room. I was here. in the other room, and I think that you had the novelization or like Back to the Future video VHS or something like that in that closet. And I was staring. At yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very possible. <laughs> I was making that. You thing. were brainwashed. I think I was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 1985. I don't remember all the contenders, but that was a very easy pick. Yeah. It wasn't like a banner year. Well, I remember saying, before we pick Back to the Future, let's talk about (laughs) some other movies. (laughs) Um, It's also funny. I think we talked about this recently, but like how short these segments used to be of like, you know, 1978, you know, take like 10 to 15 minutes. Well, you had had two things going on there. One, we haven't seen everything from those years, Mm. but also the number of movies increased over the years, like dramatically. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I think we've all seen the best of the best in those Mm -hmm. earlier years. There might be a couple of like, you know, glaring omissions here Mm -hmm. and there. But like for the most part, if you're our age, you've seen everything Mm -hmm. that was worth uh, seeing. But uh, all right, let's go through our, uh, our, our next bracket. All right. Our last region here, the number two seed, one of our favorite movies, The Matrix, that won 1999. I like that seed. If you win a banner year like that you should get a high seat yeah you know similarly to 2007 uh there will be blood wanted so yeah it's it's great movie should be a two seed uh the number three seed in this region is the usual suspects oh. from 1995 great movie high seed that's gonna be a fun one mm-hmm. uh number four seed one of only two star wars films in this bracket is empire strikes back wow um which all right, yeah, come at me, bro. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you if you think that Return of the Jedi should be on here over like Out of Sight or One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't, no. I don't think so. Uh, I don't think any of us think so. No, so certainly not Rogue One. Anyway, uh, <laughs> the uh, number five seed in this bracket, The Incredibles. Ah, very interesting. You're putting matchup. a lot of my favorite movies in this That's bracket. Right. That's right. Well, our well, so that won two thousand four. Also a pretty good year. Yeah. Great movie that won 2015 as six seed Ex Machina. Mm-hmm. Ex Machina. Yeah, Ex Machina. Exactly. Number seven seed for this region is Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah. Excellent movie. I don't think one consensus, but uh, Did you got see it that done. guy on Twitter a couple days ago who's like, all right, because of you, I'm going to watch Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah. And like two hours later, he's like, holy shit, that was intense. <laughs> <laughs> I love seeing that stuff. That's the best. Yeah. Uh, 1984 winner uh, in a loaded year. Uh, number eight seed is Amadeus. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Amadeus, yeah. Amadeus. Mm-hmm. When I was really little and we would get babysitters when mom and dad would go out that was the only time we could listen to like pop radio <laughs> that and the bus otherwise we were listening to a lot of christian music <laughs> mm-hmm. and i thought that song was um hot potato <laughs> really? hot potato hot potato <laughs> yeah and uh, <laughs> awesome. i think it was uh phil collins uh we are well sting spirits in the in the material world mm-hmm. i thought um I, I thought it was uh, oh i swear i love hot cereal <laughs> <laughs> but I was like seven, and I was only hearing these songs. But every time the hot potato song came on, I got really giddy. And then one time, the babysitter let him play uh, Thriller, and I had nightmares. Oh mm. yeah, I had nightmares because of Vincent Price's thing. I think so. That's just how unexposed I was to anything creepy or frightening or scary. That 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 audio. Of yeah. that. So I remember the first time they ever played it on the radio. Yeah, I was. I had nightmares. Anyway, that was a derailment. I apologize. Not really. I like derailing things. Go on. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a creepy little track underneath. 
Uh, number nine seed for this region is Whiplash. Mm-hmm. Oh. Whiplash. Yeah. Whip. whip. Cool whip. whip. All, all of my comments this week are like, I read this story the other day about this movie, <laughs> but I literally read this yesterday that uh, the director, Damien Giselle, mm-hmm. was saying... At least one of the studios that turned down Whiplash thought that the movie should have less drumming. And the yeah. phrase was actually, cool it with the drumming. <laughs> Jesus. And uh, and Chazelle, uh, even though he's only made two movies, they're both in this bracket. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. That and is both, also a pretty strong statement. And yeah. both high seeds, too. Yeah. Both both of his movies won their respective years, mm-hmm. uh, which is pretty impressive. I, You know, of all the achievements that he's going to have by the time this airs, uh, this is probably going to be his favorite. Yeah, uh, I think because he's probably going to win an Oscar by the time mm-hmm. this airs. But he's going to like man that high seed in that yeah. bracket for the Syncast. Mm-hmm. You know I'm what he's most doing? proud of that. He's out by his pool right now. Mm-hmm. He's kicking back. He's got a mai tai, mm-hmm. and he's stroking his Oscar, mm-hmm. and he's listening to this podcast. That's right. That's right. I'm willing to believe that. He's like, uh, I ordered a pina colada, and I got a mai tai, <laughs> and I asked for new salt, <laughs> new salt. <laughs> <laughs> I you love know, that scene. Other than the stupid voice, that's sort of how my wife behaves when she orders like any kind of alcoholic drink. It's never exactly what she was expecting. It's always something wrong with it. She doesn't send it back, but that's oh, I didn't want salt. On this. <laughs> <laughs> no salt. Uh, number ten seed in this region. Uh, the last of the winners that will go through is Brokeback Mountain. Mm-hmm. Oh. 2005. Mm-hmm. Now, two thousand five was not a. Very good year, nope. as we've covered exhaustively. Yep. So, uh, you know, Brokeback Mountain is a great film, but it did not face a lot of stiff competition. Nope. <laughs> yep, I know, I know. Teeing it up. Yep. Just swing, just swing. <laughs> Everybody make your own joke about the <laughs> stiff competition. All right, we'll get into the last of the bubble teams. Place your bets now. We've got the cameras facing them. Yeah. Uh, number 11 seed in this region, The Descendants. Mm. Oh, Alexander such Payne's, a good movie. Uh, yeah. 2011 movie. Number 12 seed. Now, this is an interesting matchup. Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Yep. From 1975. Mm. Uh, there's three 1975 movies in this bracket. One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest, Jaws, and Monty Python and the Holy Grail. This is an interesting Cinderella seed depending on the the matchup. Yeah. Number 13 a seed in this region Boogie Nights. Yeah. Boogie Nights. 1997 great movie. Now Paul Thomas Anderson has two is this only There will a be blood in that one. Um yeah, yeah Magnolia doesn't Which is show interesting up because yeah. uh, I would probably put almost all <laughs> Yeah, I know. Yeah. If it were just up to me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean there, there there's probably a couple you could argue maybe should be in here. Now a lot of people don't like Magnolia, mm-hmm. so that's understandable. Um, and then, you know, there's like the master is a movie that, you know, it's, it's tough to, yeah. you know, cause it's, it's so divisive among yeah, a lot of people. It's dense. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, he's only got two. Yeah. Number 14 seed in this region. Sussevenin. Seven. Yes. Sussevenin. Sussevenin. Yeah. Because it's spelled with the seven. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, no. I, I got it the first time. <laughs> I do have a story about this one, too. Oh, yeah? Where uh, David Fincher was talking about how they sent him the wrong script. And it and it was a previous script that had be, been rewritten because mm-hmm. they didn't like the ending. And it was what we got. Fincher oh. said, oh, no, get rid of the new one. This is what we're shooting. No uh, shit. Yeah, because the rewrite didn't have the ending scene with uh, John Doe has the upper hand uh-huh. or the head in the box or any of that. Interesting. Wow. Here's another thing uh, that somebody, one of our SoundCloud listeners uh, brought up. They said, when we were talking about uh, movies from the villain's perspective, said Seven would be a great one. Oh, yeah. And that's a great pick. Yeah, it is. Be- except for I don't want to see the scenes of him like shaving his finger 
prints off. Yeah. Because that's gross. But it would also... <laughs> There's a lot of weird scenes that you well, don't want to see how see, he sets it up. If you see Seven from the villain's perspective, you're also going to see how impossible the fucking ending yeah. is. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. It, it, it's, it's one of the most <laughs> ludicrous things that he could possibly... <laughs> if you figure what he did all in one day, uh-huh. there's no way he could have done it, but... Uh, he had what, whatever they had in Prisoner of Azkaban. He had the, uh, the time oh, turner. Yeah, the time turner. Oh, yeah. yeah. I forgot about that. There you yeah. go. Yeah. The one-use time turner. Yeah. Well, that was, that was, and when they were looking for the, you know, they found the flag book that they found John Doe with or mm-hmm. whatever, they also stumbled into Harry Potter <laughs> and, and time turner ability. And that guy that gave them the information also handed them a time turner yeah. under, the, under the table. And a, a luck potion. And a luck potion. I always thought it was interesting that it's almost like a metaphor for puberty. Where like you know to to be able to do a Patronus like you got to be of age and mm-hmm. you've got to like oh. have this thing in your head and that kind of thing yeah. like yeah all right yeah yeah no I totally I totally know what my Patronus mean. was tied to my beauty <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know yeah. I thought that was common knowledge Dad. My, my, my Patronus <laughs> Dad I did a Patronus today I was like, up in my room yeah just keep that to yourself son yeah that's not something we talk about that's right you know, I use I use the uh, you especially don't talk about it when we have company over I use the baseball glove for clean yeah. <laughs> Now we're mixing all sorts of movies in together. <laughs> all right. Awesome. Uh, so trips. that was seven. Uh, no, uh, the 15th seed for this. Oh. Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yeah. Oh, nice A that he got in there. Movie. Good for him. And uh, so, therefore, we have some matchups that are un unfucking real And um, all right. So Back of the Future is going to face off against Two Towers or All the President's Men. Uh, the 2 and 15, The Matrix versus Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, uh this one right here i've compared these two movies all my life as long as they've been they've been out Mm -hmm. the usual suspects versus seven yeah oh geez (laughs) oh my god i saw them you know i mean in 95 i saw you know them usual suspects then seven came out and i've always tied those movies because of kevin spacey oh my god that's just that's just wrong this is is the only one this is the only matchup from the first round that is in the same year hmm Oh, it's a um, tough one, you dick. <laughs> the four and thirteen is Empire Strikes Back versus Boogie Nights. Oh wow, that's wild, isn't it? Well, they both have so much sex too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do. Um, five and twelve seed the Incredibles versus Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> um, the six and eleven is Ex Machina versus the Descendants. Yeah. Oh, wow. That'll be tough, too, yeah. in a weird way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The 7 and 10 is Zero Dark Thirty versus Brokeback Mountain. Yeah, that's an interesting one. It's a very interesting mm-hmm. one. Both have characters named Osama. They do. <laughs> they do. <laughs> Sorry. And then the 8 9, <laughs> Musically Inclined, yeah. Amadeus versus Whiplash. Oh, yeah. wow. Wow. Yeah. So, see, I don't think I could have done any better. I think this was probably hard as shit, and I respect the effort that you mm-hmm. went through to, to seed this, even though a few of these, I'm going to want to punch you when we're Right, <laughs> and once again, reminder, this is all based on our consensus picks, yep. not what we would do to, like, act, if we were an actual committee yeah. and go in and, like, actually rank these movies, we would probably rank some of these higher, some of these lower. Yeah. 
Uh, but that's not how this went. This is almost like, you know, but their year was their conference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and the conference wins, you know, when the you win your conference, you have a automatic bid mm-hmm. and you're in there. And, and when all. a conference is really strong, they get more into the tournament than a weaker conference. Yep. Yeah. So I like it. Yeah. So I like, I like it the too. synergy here. My only fear is that the, the like people who hate sports are out there going, fuck this. I don't what are these numbers? <laughs> I don't understand these numbers. But when we get into the matchups, when we get into bickering and deciding, I think it's going to be fun for the whole family. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I can't wait either. And some of the, some of these are going to be really rough on us. And then we don't even know how the next round the next round will look like. Right. Yeah, right. There's going to be just it's going to be some just rough, tough it's gonna ones. Going to be even crazy, unbelievable. And then when we get down to that final four, yeah, it's going to be very hard to even choose. Well, mm-hmm. the issue with this is that. There really, there has to be a winner. Like once you leave somebody behind, once you leave a movie behind, you know something like um, the Social Network uh, versus American Beauty. I love American Beauty, mm-hmm. and if it were up against, you know, something else, Animal House, like yeah. I would love to see it like go up against something down the road. Uh, it's going to be very difficult for me to vote against the social network, though, you know, mm-hmm. so you, you have to keep those things into consideration like, well, you know, this has got maybe some momentum going forward. Maybe it could, you know, if it gets past this matchup, maybe it could actually but the go. social network does not have the greatest footage ever shot of the floating bag. No, <laughs> it so, really doesn't. It, these are just I a, wish it did. Just a taste of the kind of arguments that we'll be having in the weeks to come. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, uh, so I, I, I'll, I'll probably uh, look and see on this, uh, but I know Fincher's in here twice, mm-hmm. Paul Thomas Anderson's twice, Damien Chazelle's twice, Spielberg's like eight, yeah, I think, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Um, and then um, uh, Milos Forman's got a couple. Uh, if one yeah, flew over yeah. the cuckoo's nest uh, yep. prevails, and then uh, yeah, I mean this is this is good stuff, man. Um, There's a lot of spacey in here too. Yeah, a lot of spacey. You have seven. Rob Reiner, of course, yep. who uh, you know dominated those '80s discussions. Yeah, uh, has a lot of movies represented here. And we've got a we've got a good dose of comedy in there. I would have liked to see more comedy. I would have loved to see. Uh, this is Spinal Tap. Yeah, well, and I and I was about to ask. I can't remember what we did with this is Spinal Tap in that episode, but uh, did we just w- did we not even consider it that year? No, I think I voted for it. Yeah, because that was eighty four, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think I voted for it, but we ended up with no, no, no. I voted for Amadeus that year. Okay. Um. So yeah, I mean, it was I it voted was in Spinal there. Tap. You, you guys, guys voted Spinal Amadeus. Tap. That's right. That's okay. Right. Yeah. Th- yeah. That's one that I I probably would have liked to seen find a way to get in mm-hmm. somehow. I don't know if it would have won, but I I do would have liked to have seen it. Try. It's going to the NIT this year. That's, all, that's the best it can <laughs> well, do. Well, and there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of movies. There's some great movies like Raging Bull. Yep. And, uh, you know, those type of movies are not going to be in this at all. And Raging Bull, obviously, yeah. probably deserves to be in here. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of movies that deserve probably. But again, it's it's our consensus, not not the, you know, what how we would do it if we were to actually look at lists 75 to 2016 yeah. and just condense them all into one thing. So, there any other ones that you think were snubbed? Um, one that I so there's two. I wanted election to get in here. Yeah, but that's election another one I saw was in such a a loaded year mm-hmm. that it it just didn't make the cut. Uh, and the other one was Terminator 2. T2. Yeah. And that was the literally the last one out. Yeah, I'd have to again, I I still haven't even looked at it. I've only just heard the list. Yeah. 
So I can bitch at you later tonight and email about which ones I think you snub. But just off the top of my head, Tank Girl is the only thing I can think of. <laughs> yeah. Bad Santa. Well, bad Santa. Bad Santa for sure. Um, is there any Kenneth Branagh on this list? Uh, no. No, there's not. No. I thought about Wild Wild West. As an actor, mm. he might be in one of these somewhere tucked away. Yeah, I can't think of any as an actor either because most of the ones he acted in that would be good enough would mm. be ones that he directed. Yeah, yeah. This episode is brought to you by uh, Audible. Yes, and uh, and so Audible is uh, where you where you go and you get your audio books, man. Yeah, there's a lot of people that are choosing to read their books with their ears uh, yep. these days. My wife is one of them. She goes to the gym. Uh, she moves around the house cleaning, uh, doing laundry, folding laundry. She's almost always got her phone out and some kind of audible audiobook playing uh, because it's easier. And then she will, in free moments, sit down and still read a physical book. She's a big paper mm -hmm. book, physical book fan. Uh, and I never thought five years ago, if you'd asked me, that she would be able to blend those two because like, she was one of those bemoaning the death of bookstores and the mom and pop shops. And I think that's partly why she likes that stupid movie with Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks. <laughs> you oh, yeah. got mail. <laughs> yeah, where they closed the little bookshop because the big behemoth came in with its coffee and beanbag chairs. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the, the convenience of audiobooks has kind of hit the mainstream these days. Oh, yeah. And Audible is by far the like the leading service of doing this. They've got all of the titles. They've got anything you want, really. They've got a great app on their phone. Uh, so I, I sign up for the service. Within seconds, I had the the app downloaded. I had selected one. I, in fact, I, I selected uh, Drew McGarry is a writer for Deadspin. Mm -hmm. Wrote a book called The Hike that I'm just starting getting into. Awesome! Like it was done in in just a minute. I was listening to it. I was off and running. You can take it with you on your phone. I mean, it, it's the most convenient and the broadest spectrum of titles. What a what a world we live in now <laughs> that we can be able to do this type of stuff. And I, I just think about these long trips that you might want to mm -hmm. get into these big, the, you know, get in the car and you're driving, you know, thousand miles or whatever. Yeah. And uh, you, you just sit there and, and listen to usually somebody really good yeah. narrating one of your, you know, could be your favorite book by the end of yeah. it or whatever. Uh, and that's just a, that's just a, we're just living an exciting time. Yeah. Guy. And, uh, and so like, I always look at, I, I look at stuff like, you know, the hitchhiker's guy of the galaxy, which, uh, yeah. on audible has got Stephen Fry doing it. That's awesome. And, Fantastic. And, and then the rest of the books have Martin Freeman. You can't go wrong. <laughs> we listening to Martin Freeman yeah, man. speaking your ear holes and doing the Douglas Adams stuff. Yeah. yeah. A lot of the top books, the titles that you remember from school or just classic literature lists or whatever have you are narrated in these audible formats by like famous people mm -hmm. or people with really smooth voices that, mm -hmm. well then you know you've got some idiot like me who writes his own book and then narrates it like he's some kind of special mm -hmm. guy mm -hmm. you can get my book on audible it's yeah, just yeah. my voice i i spent a few grueling weeks recording this audio book yeah. uh but it's there and you can get it and you know you can get your first 30 days for free correct? absolutely when you, you go to audible.com slash syncast yeah and that's pretty impressive but you can go through plenty of books in 30 days right oh, oh yeah. yeah totally and it definitely go through that url uh show us some love show audible some love yeah absolutely so uh yeah so go to audible.com slash syncast and get your uh 30 day free trial free trial baby yeah absolutely. i mean nothing is better than free well yeah. and free trial it's a free trial check it out <laughs> we're not lying great service lot hundreds of thousands of titles great app it's got our thumbs up that's it yeah absolutely why don't you cue me and i'll a you Oh.
<laughs> that was a disgusting response noise. I was okay with my joke until you went, oh, all right. Hey, hey man. Hey there. Audible.com slash Sincast is hard to say. Yeah. Audible.com slash Audible in general is hard to say. Then you put the dot com and the slash in there. Not as hard as some of the fucking tongue twister sentences this asshole writes for That's music true. video sins. That's true. There's, sometimes it's not even like... It's not even big words. It's just he didn't realize there were 14 S's in this sentence. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Whereas whereas I always realize it, and I try to figure out if I can put more in it. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's twisting his mustache. He's like, fuck you, Jeremy. Was the other day I was I was writing something and it would hit like it started off with like three L's in a row and I was like can I do this can I make there more L's in there I, yes I can <laughs> alliterative I will never forgive you best. for the anemone amenities oh, oh that man. was the best though yeah because you knew what you were doing when you did it yeah yeah you yeah. even wrote sorry in advance in the parenthesis next to it like you were really sorry yeah no <laughs> I was just like I can't wait till I can't wait till it gets read that's that's what that's basically what it comes down to I yeah. can't wait till it gets read all right what is it many amenity many anemone amenities anemone amenities yeah oh my god i can't fucking say it now yeah you got any cues yeah i got them question question i got something to say i want the truth i'm listening all right so starting off with uh, some great questions this week um what is your favorite courtroom speech even though matthew's speech from uh, this is their example matthew mcconaughey's speech from a time to kill is really good this listener would like to give a shout out to Anthony Hopkins in Amistad. Very good movie. Yeah. Steven Spielberg right. directed. Great John Williams score, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, very kind of under the radar thing. Uh, he delivers in this final monologue. It gives, goes on and on. You never think it's going to end. What are some great courtroom speeches? Oh, man. Some well, a million of them. The one that I always go back to is Edward Norton in The People versus Larry Flint. Oh, oh yeah. Nice. Um, Edward Norton had, obviously, he he had just burst onto the scene when this movie came out. Primal Theater came out earlier in the year, and then later in the year, he was in The People versus Larry Flint. Another uh, Milo Schwarman movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, but uh, there, his, his final courtroom scene is basically to say... You know, I don't like what Larry Flint does, yeah. but I do like being in a country where he's allowed to do that yeah. and you can decide for yourself. And that's such a powerful speech. And it's a powerful American speech mm-hmm. that uh, it's and in just the way he does it, too. It's very relaxed and very like, I, I've got this. I've been on top of this case. I know exactly. I know exactly who I'm talking to here. Look, don't judge this trial based on the smut that's being peddled Mm -hmm. judge this trial based on you know you have the decision you don't have to read this right you know it you know this is for other this is for other people if they want to go go about it very relevant today yeah i think so you know i mean that's that's a very enduring type of sentiment Mm -hmm. where you say I don't, I don't like it, but mm-hmm. I'll defend to the death the ability for somebody to say it. Yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. has been coming up quite a bit recently. Absolutely. Yeah, who was that? Patrick Henry? Uh, something like that. Somebody yeah. from the, you know, the way back in your... In I think it was times. Al Pacino in Injustice <laughs> for All. Yeah, I'm sure you're right. Well, um, I, when, questions like this always make me try and choose answers that aren't the obvious ones. And I, the obvious ones would be something from A Few Good Men, and I could mm-hmm. give you 15 different pieces from that. But I like, I think I... I think I most like the the end of Liar Liar. When, 
the Jim Carrey's client wants to go after custody because she'll get more money that way. And Jim Carrey's losing it morally. He's like, he said he was a good father. And he basically tries to get the case thrown out, object to himself. And at the very end of the speech, the judge threatens to throw him in contempt. And Jim Carrey goes, I hold myself in contempt. <laughs> Why should you be any different? Yeah. And it, it's got a break of heart in there. Mm -hmm. This is one of those weird movies that would be plenty hilarious if it didn't. But it's got three or four little moments where Jim Carrey shows some real heart here. And mm -hmm. he's just kind of realizing, I, I hate what I've become. I yeah. hate who I am. Um, and he's okay with being contemptible at this yeah. point because he's accepting this is what i am but i have to accept that before i can change it so that was the first thing that came to mind well and i love yes. too him going in and being like this guy's a great father and uh, children yeah. are not leverage <laughs> and then of course he gets pulled out later on and he's like i'm jose canseco i'm jose canseco <laughs> so great by the way i just to interject it was evelyn beatrice hall who wrote under the pseudonym of sg talentire wrote a uh wrote a book or a biography called the friends of voltaire and hall wrote the phrase i disapprove of what you say but i will defend to the death your right to say it um talentire sg talentire you you <laughs> would think talentire you would think evelyn beatrice hall would be okay but it was probably because she was a woman sg talent penny so, picker so she became sg <laughs> so talentire to sound like a man you're saying it wasn't patrick henry it wasn't patrick he henry. was just the give me liberty or give me death yeah, guy yeah yeah very similar quotes so yeah, yeah. the friends of voltaire there's a voltaire biography there that friends uh, of voltaire you learned so much on this podcast that sounds right. like a hipster underground college poetry club yeah man. friends of voltaire mm -hmm. man midnight it's, at the cave it's like dumbledore's army yeah exactly <laughs> we're friends the, of voltaire the quote is often misattributed uh, misattributed to voltaire by the oh yeah because of this and book. to patrick henry and to patrick henry <laughs> <laughs> at least in this room <laughs> and, yes <laughs> i got a, a courtroom speech that's kind of maligned over the years and it's al pacino's speech at the end of sin of a woman oh yeah it's not necessarily a courtroom it's in this adjudication hall in front of the student body at Baird Academy. And yes, okay, the hua has become just a joke, basically. Mm -hmm. He got the Oscar in a loaded year. It's kind of a lifetime achievement, but he does have a good performance in that movie. He does. Uh, it is over the top. It's very Pacino-y. Uh, but that last thing where he's defending um, uh, Charlie, who is... Um, Chris, uh, Chris O'Donnell? Chris O'Donnell. Uh it's it's full of heart and it's full of like you, you go through this whole thing with him and everything and he's just like chewing into it and he's just he's he's doing his pacino thing and he's like you know out of order i'd show you i'm too fucking blind i'm too old you know i'd take a flamethrower to this place and then you know he calms down he's got this great like ups and downs and peaks and valleys and it's like you know bad man what is a bad man you know that kind of thing and it's just like man at, at the end of it where it's like you know these charges are dismissed I get I get chills on that. That's good stuff. Yeah, good this stuff. was the beginning of Pacino being like that in every movie, yeah. though. Because after he won the Oscar, it was just like, okay, every movie except for like Heat. Well, <laughs> even Heat, even yeah. Heat, he did. you got your face all the way up in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's got a great ass. <laughs> um, well, what was the? It wasn't. It was Injustice for All that he made yeah, that first. Yeah, yeah. Like out of order. I'll show well, you. Yeah, out he's of always, order. Out there's of always order. been Yelly Al Pacino. Yeah. You know, Attica. <laughs> Attica, and you know and yeah this whole trial's out of order exactly. and all that but once he did say when a woman it was like 
I'm going to do that in everything yeah. now. Like Devil's Advocate is the biggest. Advocate. Except for Donnie Brasco. He doesn't really do much of it in Donnie Brasco. Yeah, Donnie Brasco yeah. and, and Heat, he does it very sparingly and everything. And of course, yeah, there's probably 50 other movies he doesn't do it in. But that's one we, we know. City Hall, that's one we were watching. Yeah, there was a palace that was the city. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway. Chris makes these innocuous comments from trailers or from movies. And uh, I'm like, what the hell is that? And like, he'll have, by the time I get that sentence out, he'll have it pulled up on his phone. <laughs> <laughs> like, sure. awesome. I believe it. Next question. What is your perfect Batman movie cast and crew? Now, this is interesting mm. because Lego movie Batman uh, just came out. We all saw it. We just did a mini pod on it uh, that you've probably listened to. There are so many iterations of this that it's kind of hard to really make a fantasy cast mm. and director. But we're going to try to give it a shot. What do well, you think? Well, and in recent news, just to further color and confuse things, uh, I think part of what spurred this was Ben Affleck stepping away as director of the yep. next Batman movie. And now they have since replaced him with Matt Reeves, yeah. mm, who directed mm. uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and War of the Planet of the Apes and should be a, a decent choice, at least track record wise. Mm -hmm. uh, but we're starting from scratch. We're throwing out everything DC is doing right now. Yep. And if we had the power as executive producer to pick a director and cast and, and direction, uh, that's what we're doing here, yeah. right? Yeah, it's a whole different story. It's right. a blank slate. Yep, so who wants to go first? Go for it. Oh, I'll, I'll go first. All right, so the director's going to be Gareth Evans, who did The Raid and The Raid 2. Okay. Nice. Because I want to see a Batman movie done with that kind of fighting style. And I don't yes. care if it means we have to recast Batman. I don't care if it means we have to train the actor who plays Batman in actual hand-to-hand -hand combat. Um, but that's the look we're going for. Yep. It, the combat that feels real and looks like it hurts. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm casting Josh Brolin as Batman slash Bruce Wayne. All right, okay. why? Because that's who I wanted before they cast Ben Affleck, when I knew they were going for that 40s-ish. You wanted like the grizzled-ish yeah. version of him. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I could dig it. I, I like I that it. Batman more. There's more potential there. We've seen the beginning story too many times. Uh, whereas an older Batman can take on a Robin or a Nightwing or can have a Robin killed. Mm -hmm. uh, there's all different places we can go with an older Batman that we can't with the younger. And Brolin has shown he can do action with uh, with old boy, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I yeah. just think he'd be a good, a good choice. Uh, for Alfred, I have Michael Gambone, Ooh, uh, nice. the second Dumbledore. Mm -hmm. um, who I think would be a nice stately. Uh, who was Alfred. the narrator in Hail Caesar? Yeah, for yeah. Josh Brolin. Yeah. So oh wow, that would be interesting. Yeah, that was a weird tie. Yeah, you yeah. got one of your segues to work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Commissioner Gordon's going to be Chris Cooper, uh, oh, one of my favorite one. actors ever. I think he could spit some good Gordon dialogue. Uh, and I would go with probably Hush as the villain, who is this? Uh, he was a childhood friend of Bruce Wayne's. Grew up in privilege. Grew to hate his parents to the point where he tried to kill them, uh, but it didn't exactly work. Mm hmm. Hates Bruce Wayne because Bruce Wayne actually successfully got his parents to die. Um, <laughs> and he's super smart and manipulative and basically uses other villains to do his bidding for him, mm -hmm. uh, which would give us a chance to see a couple of different styles of villain tactics or fighting and then end up with this mastermind revealing himself to be Batman's Bruce Wayne's childhood mm -hmm. friend. I have Paul Dano playing that character. Yeah. Ooh, nice. so I think that would be pretty neat. And then I got Batgirl's Kate Beckinsale. Uh, Batgirl is traditionally Gordon's daughter and goes on to either be commissioner or Batgirl or both. Is there a romance between Batman and Batgirl? In this Not movie? in this. Career. Is there a weird animated sex scene? <laughs> 
where the animated Barbara Gordon pulls her shirt off. No, because I feel like it's already been done. Why do it in live action? Right. The cartoon it's was already perfect. been done and done well. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then I throw in here uh, Nicholas Holt to play Nightwing, a former ah, Robin. Nice. I like that. Who has gone on to become his own thing. Is yeah. that, is that the, the story arc of Nightwing? Is it, It's a Robin it's that the becomes the first Robin. It's Dick Grayson. Uh-huh. Who, I think it's Dick Grayson who goes on to be Nightwing. And then the second one is Jason Todd, and he gets killed. But then they find out that he's actually who's been running around pretending to be the Joker, which is sort of what Batman v Superman was sort of hinting at. Uh-huh. And then Tim Drake, I believe, is the third Robin in the comics. But there's a never-ending supply of Robins and Batgirls's and Nightwings's and somehow and people keep signing up for this, even though it's got a high mortality. Yeah, I'm risk. just saying. <laughs> I'd like to explore. I, I think it would be neat to want for once to see somebody that used to work with Batman and was mentored by him come in as his own hero like a Nightwing and help out like an equal. I think that'd be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. That's a yeah. good idea. Well, speaking of actors that can handle the the, the type of physical requirements as this, uh, I would I think a perfect Batman would be Idris Elba. Yeah. Uh, oh, wow. He has... Uh, so what I'm going for is intimidating, mm-hmm. right? I mean, this guy can pull off physically intimidating. He's got an intimidating presence, and he's just such a great actor that he can bring, like, gravitas to this. And, and there's no two ways about it besides Lego Movie Batman and maybe Adam West Batman. This is always going to be a dark character, and it always works best in a dark universe unless mm-hmm. it's super camp um, or, you know, you know, making fun of how dark he is, yeah. right. uh, writing metal rap songs. Somebody like responded to a count. recent podcast where we were talking about, I think we were talking about the raid characters and why, how they, because they knew the actual martial arts, you can do these big long takes. And yeah. somebody responded and said, Idris Elba is currently in the middle of like eight months of training in like Tai Chi, whatever, yeah. or something. So that makes even more sense yeah. if he's actually doing some kind of training along those lines. That yeah. would be awesome. I don't know all the actors do, but you know, you got to have somebody that, that is willing to really like get in there and, and do, I mean, somebody like Tom Cruise can get away with doing that kind of thing. Tom Cruise's Batman would be the worst Batman. Yeah. But uh, short Batman, maybe not much shorter than Michael Keaton. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've got a visionary director that I think can literally do anything at this point. Alfonso Cuaron. Oh, man, I would love me some Cuaron Batman. Mm -hmm. And one simple, well, two simple reasons. First of all, he can do franchises because he did uh, Prisoner of Azkaban, the Harry Potter series. Second of all, can you imagine those long takes that he did in Children of Men in a Batman type of context? Yeah. Yeah. Like where you can actually see the action unfold and you can get some perspective and, you know, where people are and that kind of thing. Well, he's really awesome. good at tension building. Yeah. And we've talked about that before. And a Batman movie could use some of that, I think, in a hard way. Yeah. Um, and he's also great with tone. Like the tone of Azkaban is so, it's just the right amount of darker than the previous. Yep. Right. But it's even darker than goblet of fire that comes after it yep. um and he's just got a really good sense for that kind of i really like that pick yeah all right here's what i like i like the riddler i like the riddler as a concept because i like super smart villains mm-hmm. and super smart villains that, that play smart not fucking jesse eisenberg is lex luthor yeah or like, jim carrey or jim carrey is the riddler like I, I want somebody with a sophisticated plot a hans gruberish type of plot oh, yeah. that has something behind it and I think you can actually spend equal time, and I think somebody like Quaron could could do this. Spend equal time with the villain and the and the protagonist, and make this work. And my pick for the Riddler would be Michael Fassbender, mm-hmm. uh, which would also bring uh, you know gravitas to the role. Can you imagine well, he'd him look good in, in that classic costume with the cane and hat? Yeah, right. He'd look good in that. Yeah, yeah. I think it'd be awesome. Uh, a couple of other picks: Al Pacino as Commissioner Gordon. Okay, uh, set it back in New York. Whoa. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Call me Batman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you could you could see like Idris Elba in his bat suit up on top of the building, you know, with the the bat signal out there with Pacino squaring off with him, you know, mm-hmm. figuring out, you know, what 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 his purpose is and what his how he he fits into Gotham City. And uh I'd move Morgan Freeman to Alfred. Oh. Um I think uh, you know, since he's already been <laughs> Lucius Fox, continuity brain right Exactly, there. exactly. But I mean, he he's a perfect elderly statesman. Mm-hmm. Uh, for in good guidance. I mean, you got Morgan Freeman telling you what to do. You're probably going to follow it, right? Yeah, I, well, generally, unless you, well, never mind. Uh, I think it is nice to have a love interest in it, properly balanced, uh, because that's what browns Bruce Wayne to the world. Sex, um, sex. Mm-hmm. sex, and I think Emma Stone could pull this off. Wow, uh, mm. borrowing from Spider Man, a little bit from Column A. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who was your Batman again? Idris Elba. She's a little young for him. Yeah. I'm not oh, saying. What is um, she? Twenty-eight ish, somewhere around twenty-eight. Yeah. What is he? Forty. He's in his forties. I right, mean, so, yeah, it's, it's a it, little. It, it's typical Hollywood, though. It's typical Hollywood. I mean, it, like, I mean, Woody Allen he, can have a relationship I mean, with we, Emma Stone, and so can Idris. I mean, we yeah. just saw Ben Affleck and Anna Kendrick in The Accountant, and, yeah. and, and you know, there's, I mean, every every movie I see nowadays is somebody in their forties with somebody in their twenties. Well, how old is Ryan Gosling? Oh, he's like thirty-five. Or oh, something. is he? Okay. So, all right, what's your Batman pick? Okay, so. This director has been attached to Batman before, and before I even started on this, I had forgotten that until like I wrote his name down, and I was mm-hmm. like, yes, Darren Aronofsky is my director for nice. Batman. Nice. And then I decided I wanted to make this dark, and Aronofsky was supposed to be Batman Year One before Batman Begins, yeah. but then they finally, they, they only came out with Year One like in 2011 as an animated film. Based on the comic, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I think Aronofsky was in talks to do a fresh year one film that was loosely based on yeah the yeah yeah and uh but uh so when i picked aronofsky i was like all right we gotta make this dark we gotta make this like you know this is maybe even an r-rated batman yeah um but uh the the first name i've got for batman here is just sort of i mean i don't know how much cachet he's got but nikolai costa waldo Who's oh, Jamie wow. Lannister? Oh, yeah, yeah, he's got the jaw for sure. He's got the jaw, <laughs> and that's basically what I picked him for. Is that and just that he is great as that type of character mm-hmm. in Game of Thrones. Uh, I feel like he's both dark and light a yeah. lot in in that series, and he may not have a cat. You know, he may not have the cachet like a lot of these guys have. You know, name recognition and all that, but. I, I certainly think he would be a great bat. I, I think mean, that's a great choice. Yeah, Christian Bale wasn't like a household name. He wasn't. He wasn't. I yeah. mean, but there were still there were still people who called themselves Baleheads back in the day. And yeah, I mean, I wonder if like the pre-Batman Bale is as famous as one of the primary Game of Thrones mm, guys. That's a good. You know? That's a good. That's uh, a good. Uh, so yeah, no, yeah. I think he's he's primed for something like that. Um, then as uh, Alfred, I have Ben Kingsley. Oh, nice. I like that. Uh, and I think that's a guy who could actually be badass Alfred. Like every time we uh, we joke on Alfred in these Batman sins videos and everything, and talk about like you know how is he able to do such and such and things or whatever, everybody brings up his you know varied World War past. How yeah. he's a big soldier and everything. It's like, well, they never said that once in this Batman. Right. So yeah. how do, am I supposed <laughs> to know? Um, but I think Ben Kingsley could be that kind of a badass or mm-hmm. whatever. I originally, before I even knew in the Lego Batman movie, did pick Ray Fiennes for this. Oh, uh, wow. <laughs> uh, but I, but I decided against it, uh, for whatever reason, I uh-huh. felt like Ben Kingsley was a better choice. 
Uh, as my Gordon, I have Jeffrey Wright. Oh, I think Jeffrey Wright's sort of born to play Gordon. Uh, absolutely, just you know that everything, everything Jeffrey Wright ever says, I'm like riveted. Yeah, it doesn't matter what he's yeah. talking about, even in that dumbass Hunger Games movie. I'm like Jeffrey Wright, man. <laughs> yeah, I love this guy. It's like he never breaks eye contact. Like there's some sort yeah. of mesmerizing thing that he does, and he's got a know? he's got a cadence about him when yeah. he talks. You know that he's, you have to you have to pay attention to every word that he says. Yeah. Um, and then I have Joker in mind as well, and I'm going to put Adam Driver there. Oh, interesting. Uh, I like that. Borrowing from Star Wars, Adam Driver is a fearless actor. Mm-hmm. I agree if, with that. And, and and even more than he is in Star Wars in the show girls yeah i don't know if i've seen i he i immediately just was like mesmerized by adam driver in girls because he's just that's that's just that is just tightrope acting yeah and he pulls it off yeah and i think he'd be unbelievable i think i just think that's a good pick man so nice. there's my batman it's gonna be dark as fuck <laughs> i like that though i think what what aronofsky brings that's unique is what it I look specifically at the wrestler and um, Black Swan is mm-hmm. the, the, the both the physical pain and the emotional pain of an obsession. Yeah, and that who better to focus that on than Batman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just think he could do some really neat things with it. Yeah, absolutely. I want all three of these to happen. <laughs> yeah, no. may the best movie win. <laughs> yeah, I know that would be awesome. How did Aronofsky make fucking Noah? I know. I mean, come on. There's something, something, something we don't know about. Something happened. has got to have gone wrong. Right? Yeah, talk about another obsession movie. You know? Yeah. Yeah. He likes to deal with that kind of thing. Man, man, maybe he made the move, to it. Maybe he made the exact movie he wanted, and it just didn't turn out very well. Yeah, I guess you you swing big. And but sometimes, sometimes I wonder when a movie that got director that talented, a movie like that comes out, you're like, what happened there? Yeah, a cast that's so talented yeah, too, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah. All right, next question. Uh, with all the skills and knowledge that you currently possess, <laughs> this is a great question. This question is fucked. <laughs> what film do you believe you could realistically? complete for example do you think that you you could get the ring to mordor or save the nakatomi building if you were in john mcclain's shoes or survive and escape jurassic park you know it's funny that they bring up the ring the one of the first ones there i think that's a really interesting one because we you don't know right yeah the walking part is actually easy yeah yeah the 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 fact that it drags on your soul as you walk towards mordor <laughs> is the part we don't know about yeah and that you become attached to it in such a way that you know i believe i could possibly do lord of the rings yeah. um because i don't feel like i'm that sort of personality i feel like i'm that kind of personality that would be able to just like sludge on and just mm-hmm deal with the pain and everything but i didn't pick that uh one in particular though the one that i picked up is in billy madison and in old school both of them have these academic uh and athletic <laughs> oh, yeah. decathlon things at the end of their movies and those endings by, by the way we don't pay attention to how fucking silly those things are by the way we d- we just like hope that they they win in yeah. the end and everything but uh, to to see to like Billy Madison has to pass high school by like doing one scene of Shakespeare or or running in a race against <laughs> Bradley Whitford or you know like these these like very random tasks and whatever in old school it's like you know they have to um they have to do a debate 
they have to do some gymnastics thing. There's the yeah. rhythmic gymnastics, yeah. and then there's the rings yeah, where he's like smoking a cigarette. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then they have to do the like the test or whatever. Yeah. They have all the they have the. I still can't believe that nobody knows anything's going on during that scene. They're all holding their he's ears. Like, at the great same time. test, Good you test. know. Yeah. Uh, but I believe with the the knowledge and skills I possess, I could easily uh, pass those. Nice. I want to tell you something. I could survive a zombie apocalypse. Mm. Specifically, I could survive the zombie apocalypse in Dawn of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you why. There's two reasons. First of all, the way that I look at the world is always that we're on the verge of an apocalypse. <laughs> I swear to God. I'm always looking for escape routes. We were driving down the interstate uh, a few weeks ago and driving up through south of Nashville. And I was like, there's an embassy suites. And I told my wife. That's a good place for a zombie apocalypse <laughs> because you've got open, you know, those are the, those big atriums and everything. And you could, you know, snipe and everything you're in a corner. Great, great vantage points. But in Dawn of the Dead, it is set in a fucking mall. And you give me a mall, I will survive for at least 10 to 12 years in that mall because you've got non-perishable foods. You've got all the, the usually in that one, I think there's a weapon store in there. And then there's like rent-a-cops that have weapons and things like that. Um, you've got sporting goods. You've got all kinds of things that you can use to defend yourself. And you've got sustenance. You've got clothing. You've got shelter. You've got everything. I could absolutely survive in that environment. Mm, I like that. So. I didn't put anywhere near the thought into this question that you guys did because <laughs> I just assumed that off the bat, I'm going to suck at everything. <laughs> so my answer is Lester Burnham from American Beauty because I could definitely... Blackmail my boss, smoke weed, start working out, turn down a gay man, learn to love my daughter again, and get shot in the head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am 100% sure I could Absolutely. do all of those things. Yeah. Absolutely. I didn't take this question seriously, and I apologize. If I thought about it, I might have come up with something as cool as yours with the mall and the whatnot. Well, and, and, the uh, and uh, maybe have the foresight to uh, hear a door opening when Chris Cooper comes in there yeah. with the gun yeah, and everything. Maybe. Nah, I'm not paying attention to doors. Yeah. I'm too high. On my high price weed, he's, and, he's and wailing all, on his and, pecs, and yeah, and just about to bang an underage girl to really notice. <laughs> what character did you hate rooting for, and what character do you love hating? Mm. Man, I'll tell you what, I hate rooting for mobsters. Um, oh yeah, they're usually shitty people. They usually treat their significant others poorly. They get away literally with murder, mm-hmm. um, but yet we're inclined to root for them for some reason. And it always kind of feel, it makes me feel bad that I'm rooting for, especially Michael Corleone. Man. Yeah. Michael Corleone is Piece one of, of the cold-blooded asshole motherfuckers ever in film. Mm-hmm. And yet he's put up there as one of the, the greatest movie characters of all time. Uh, he's not necessarily complex. He makes a turn and then he doesn't look back. Mm-hmm. That's it. I mean, like he's he's down that path, you know. He makes this ham-handed attempt to make the Corleone family legitimate and everything, but he's awful to Kay. Mm-hmm. He's distant from his kids. He cuts off his brother. Yeah, all right. He tried to kill him, but still, you know, he's just a terrible character. At least with Vito Corleone, like he was such a family man. He was rooted in something. Like he was trying to help out his friends. Michael Corleone don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. You know, he's out there. So that's a character that I do root for, but I don't like it. Mm -hmm. And a character that I love hating is (laughs) Calvin Candy in Django Unchained. Oh, Uh, yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio's character. Never, very rarely seen somebody so loathsome and reveling in it, Mm -hmm. you know? 
And you got to give it to him for the the performance. But man, you just want that guy to fucking die painfully and awfully and that kind of thing. Yeah, that's yeah. a good pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love to hate Dolores Umbridge. Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. Because I believe every every scene she's in in that movie is elevated because of her presence and, and the actress's performance. Uh, but she's evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's eviler than Voldemort in yeah. my book. Yeah. She's evil. I think there's a lot of, like, Goebbels comparisons with her in, oh, yeah? in, in the in, yeah. in those uh because Voldemort is generally a Hitler uh you know stand in or oh, whatever. Interesting. And a lot of people have sort of I think compared her to Goebbels in that. So it's Amelda Staunton is really good in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, she's fantastic. And the people I don't like rooting for or hate rooting for, I'm gonna go right back to old school. Oh, really? <laughs> I think if you take a step back, those three main characters are all assholes. They're yeah. awful. They're all, They're terrible, all terrible, people. terrible people. And they almost every single one of them does something almost irredeemable. Yeah. And yet by the end, we're rooting for them to win this thing so they can keep being in a legal fraternity. <laughs> one of them sleeps with an underage girl. One of them breaks a promise to- uh, <laughs> We'll give him a pass I on agree. that. Though. I agree. I agree. Uh, one of them breaks a promise to his wife, gets wasted after drinking beer, interrupts a Snoop concert, goes streaking down the middle, ends up causing a rift in his marriage. And then the other one's Vince Vaughn, who the right. entire movie is just a dick. Oh, he's pushing horrible. for this, yeah. uh, for you know, fraternity they lost, uh, and they're breaking the rules. Like there's almost nothing to root for or redeem any of them. And yeah. and I feel the very very much the same way about Billy Madison, actually. Yeah. But we'll save that for another, another talk. <laughs> they're only slightly better than Jeremy Piven's character, and that's I guess that's how I mean yeah. because they didn't offer Piven is really really. If you really read bad. into that, they gave him they gave him shit in college. Yeah. They gave him hell. They picked on him. They mm-hmm. were bullies. Mm-hmm. So at worst, he's getting them back by enforcing rules mm-hmm. and maybe bribing a student. Yeah. But, you know, that's not to say he's that much better than they are. Everyone in this movie is an asshole. Except right. for the women. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> um, I hated rooting for nearly everybody in the big short Oh yeah, much oh. much <laughs> like uh, mobsters or whatever. But these guys are doing legal things. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, these are guys who found a, a, a weakness in the market and said we're going to profit off of it. And everybody else in the world who has, you know, we are rooting for people's houses to you know foreclose mm-hmm. basically. Um, now there are some characters in there, like the Steve Carell character, uh, is is sort of uh, conflicted yep. on this and everything. And there's a while there he doesn't he actually doesn't even want to pull the trigger. Now I don't know how true that is to mm-hmm. real life. I don't know if that was a way they tried to make him more uh, relatable or likable or whatever. But I have a feeling in real life those guys didn't give a fuck yeah. one way or the other. And that, that's why there's a great scene that's a great scene in the big short when they they go and melissa leo has that cameo they're trying to figure out why they won't downgrade they they keep getting an a plus rating all oh these, yeah, yeah credit rating the yeah, credit yeah. rating yeah, yeah. yeah they keep trying to get that to go down and she says well are you sure that you guys don't just want this for yourself and that's why you're why you're because you, you're blaming us for you know that and i'm like yeah exactly yeah. you I mean, you're you're trying to exploit a, a thing in the market here, and then you have, yeah. I mean, all these characters are likable in their own way, but at the same time, they're also you know they're profiting off of everybody. Yeah, and they like, come out and say it. 
Yeah. <laughs> okay. The only is... one who's like comes out and just says, fuck it, is Gosling. Yeah, exactly. Um, I loved hating Buddy Ackerman in Swimming with Sharks, Kevin oh, Spacey. Okay. <laughs> nice. Um, he is, this is the most unreasonable someone can get uh, as your boss that you can possibly. I mean, you know, I think we've discussed the scene before, but there's a scene where Frank Whaley is trying to like date uh, the uh, Michelle Forbes character uh-huh. and they're out on a date and he and Kevin Spacey calls him and says, there's a bad article of me in, in this week's variety or whatever. I need you to go around town and buy every copy and rip them up. And, uh, and so like he basically forces this guy to go around who knows how in the world he buys all the varieties yeah, yeah, or whatever, yeah. but you see him the next, it's like a slow transit cross dissolve transition. He's like ripping up every variety <laughs> and putting them in the trash. But there's a scene in there. This is the reason why, you know, ultimately you realize he's just kind of a troll mm-hmm. all the way through this. There's a scene where he yells at Frank Whaley and he's just like just giving him the business and everything. And Whaley goes out and you see Kevin Spacey. He just kind of gives this, <laughs> you know, like he just loves doing this. He doesn't really, he doesn't really feel all of this that he's, you know, giving towards his, uh, his employee, but he loves doing, he loves doing it. He's loves irredeemable. Right? He's irredeemable in this movie. Yeah, ultimately he For the is. most part. There's, they there's, kind of both are, though. Yeah, both of them are. Yeah. But, I mean, he... he <laughs> you know, Even at, towards the... I mean, there's like one tiny second that he breaks down. And you can't even be sure yeah. if that's, a, you know, an, an honest depiction or not. Yeah, I mean... And the, then, like, he just takes it up to another level. The the scene also, too, where Whaley's, like, sitting there, he's like, uh, there's some spelling errors in here. I'd like to... He's like, oh, he won't care about that. You know, he's, he's going to be too excited about the project. And then the next scene, you see him walking out and everything. He's like, I really love this project. There's a little few spelling errors here, though. And yeah. Kevin Spacey gives it to Frank Whaley and gives, it, you, you, gives him that look like, fuck you. Why'd yeah. you do that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, terrible. So yeah, he's a he's a bad person. All right, couple more quick ones. All right, what are the best curtain call performances, i.e., the last performance by an actor or actress before he or she passed away? Really interesting yeah. question. Uh, there are some that uh, that really delivered some whammies. Yeah, I thought long and hard about naming a living actor, thereby cursing them to die soon <laughs> by saying something recent was their best performance right. before oh. dying. <laughs> I decided not to do that. I went with Richard Harris, uh, who did uh, yeah. Dumbledore in the first two Harry Potter movies and the Priest in the Count of Monte Cristo. Uh, uh-huh. he, he's also got like a TV movie credit and a voice acting credit that I'm ignoring, basically, to call those his, his last three performances. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've always liked both Dumbledores because they take a completely different tact. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's unfortunate the way it worked out, but it works better to have Gambone's darker, more mysterious Dumbledore as the books get more dark and mysterious. Mm-hmm. And Richard Harris as Dumbledore is very harmless yeah nurturing mm-hmm. yeah very yeah. father grandfather like uh and so that was my pick yeah that's a good one um i don't do you guys remember il postino the italian yeah, yeah. the postman i saw it but i don't remember it yeah uh, masimo troisi was the guy yeah. who was the uh the lead in that he died one day after filming Jeez. what um Jeez. he apparently was really sick when he did the movie and they had they could only like do certain things with him um and but he he soldiered on and then when they finally got done with it he died the next day Jeez. he wow. was also um he all he also wrote the screenplay he wrote he, he got um 
uh, I think he was a co-writer on it, but he got nominated for his performance and the screenplay uh, in this. And uh, but he is fantastic in that movie. Uh, if and, and that's a, just a fantastic like if you if you really like I mean this is when you take romantic it's not romantic comedy it's more romantic drama mm-hmm. I guess it is kind of a comedy mm-hmm. though. Um, when you take movies like that, I can really get into these. I don't really, really generally like these romantic dramas or comedies or whatever, but mm-hmm. that's one that I really can, can get into. And, uh, and he's terrific in it. So that's no joke, man. Yeah. Well, special mention in this, because, uh, when we're recording this, he just won a five Grammys actually, mm-hmm. uh, David Bowie in his black star album. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Just threw his nuts on the table and was just like, Man, you know what? I know I'm dying. Mm-hmm. Nobody else knows it. I'm going to release one of the best albums of my amazing career and then see a little bit of the praise from it, and then I'll check out. Yeah. Jeez. And it's all about his impending death. Right. Not all of it, but a lot of it is. That Lazarus song and everything. And that's awesome. But for movies, Heath Ledger, man. Oh, yeah. So Heath Ledger's last complete movie was The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. He's the Joker. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That is one of the most amazing performances. Got posthumous uh, best actor, best supporting actor mm-hmm. award, Academy Award, and did uh, some work on the imaginary, the Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus, Terry Gilliam's movie. Yeah. Um, but uh, that was his last complete movie, and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, yeah. a, what a great performance. He could have lived and made 50 more movies, and Dark Knight Joker may have still defined his yeah. entire mm-hmm. career. It was that good. Yeah. Um, so that's an excellent pick. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's totally the converse of what Nicholson did with the Joker. Nic- the Joker is another notch in his belt. Mm-hmm. And Ledger's Joker is like his, the top of the mountain. Yeah. It's a, it's an interesting question too, because a lot of these guys, when they, you know, a lot of these actors, when they had their last movie, it's often something very bad, like Raul Julia and Street Fighter. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> and, 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 you know, it's, those are unfortunate last movies yeah. and everything. There's of a great actor and everything. <laughs> Although Julia does have the great the great line where he tells, I think it's Chun Li, where he's like, um, "When your family died, it was the most important day of your life. For me, it was just a Tuesday." <laughs> <laughs> um, wow! I like that you have a line locked and loaded. Well, that's Fighter. the one that everybody comes up with when they talk about. Well, there's this one thing. So last one, what is your favorite character in a movie that never speaks? Don't speak. <laughs> no, I'll, just what? Yes. I'll amend this too because I just watched uh, Mallrats and Love Clerks, Love Chasing Amy. I'll amend this too, Almost Never Speaks, Silent Bob. I mean, yeah. it's in his name. Yeah. Um, you know, the only part about Chasing Amy that where the title comes from is Silent Bob's that I don't really like a Silent Bob's mm-hmm. speech there because unlike what he does in Clerks and Mall Rats, those are just brief, like, you know, little staccato Compelled things. to speak. Exactly. And with Chasing Amy, like, he just, he goes on. Chasing and Amy. On and on and on. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yes, it's it's good, but that, it's kind of like, you just want, like, a little Silent Bob. That's the whole thing. But his facial expressions, that whole thing, the way he interacts with uh, Jason Muse is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I do like, though, in Chasing Amy, when he says Chasing he's like Chasing Amy, yeah. and Jason Muse just goes off on him and is like, what, man? You're always willing to say something when it comes to, you know, it's just, he goes off <laughs> and he's like, when you, no, no, that was in Jane Silent Bob Strike Back where he goes off on him for that. Because there's a point where 
they he's trying to tell him that the the car what where the car was going oh yeah that was in jane silent boss right yeah. i forget about that it wasn't chasing Amy, but <laughs> but the the part where he's like sitting there trying to mime yeah what he's like he's like he's like come on man every time you every time you you say something every time when he's like it's time to talk you know yell at somebody or you tell that stupid amy story but you can't just come up and tell yeah, me yeah. You, can't, <laughs> you can't tell me what this truck means but. <laughs> all, all right. right well uh i went first to tv mm-hmm uh because there's um this whole episode of buffy the vampire slayer is almost entirely silent yeah hush Mm. and there are these weird creepy tall floating bad guys that are just creepy as hell yes uh episodes fantastic it's one of the best episodes of television ever in my opinion it's fantastic um but in terms of movies um i i'm trying to be a little eclectic so i'm going with the yarp narp guy from hot fuzz nice uh, the guy yeah. who only ever says yarp or narp yeah <laughs> um and who uh, is the hound in game of thrones oh i keep forgetting that you're yeah. right you're it's right the, the same says guy. a lot more in game of thrones yeah yes, he does yeah that um, hush episode is important for several reasons because i mean that was on it was on the, like the cw or something like that but it was still like one of the first times that's ever been done in in tv and then it was also the episode that it pointed to willow being gay Oh, was it? I don't um, remember that. They uh, they ended up with her and Tara just like in this, you know, hidden, and they were like they exchanged this look, and they can't talk, but they're like, oh, maybe this is going to uh, happen. Uh. But those, uh, they're like the gentlemen or something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, I think that's exactly oh, what those they were are called. So creepy, mm, creepy as fuck, man. Um, I have Elijah Wood in Sin City, a movie that I oh. don't like at all, but he is so creepy in it. <laughs> he is, creepy. and it's a perfect character yeah. uh, for it. It's probably one of the strongest parts of that movie mm-hmm. is Elijah Wood's uh, segment. But just, just he's the creepiest little bastard ever in that movie, and I really like that character. Um, but when we answered these questions, I, I mean, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't supplant Elijah Wood, but. Um, uh, last week when we had Aaron here and we talked about the red turtle and he said there was no dialogue or hardly any dialogue. I re- I saw that last night mm-hmm. and uh, that movie is just terrific. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. awesome. And there's just, there's hardly ever, there's hardly the only thing that's in there is just like some yelling and some laughing. Huh? There's no, everything is just pretty much the way they communicate is just kind of like they look at each other and then something happens. Hmm. Uh, so I would highly recommend going to see that movie. It's funny that we end on that question, and I just saw this movie yeah. where nobody talked. <laughs> um, uh, and it's a it's a beautiful movie with a great soundtrack on it, and uh, I would I highly recommend. Is it traditional it. animation, or is it like it's that it's that Studio Ghibli, you know? Oh yeah, type, you know. I mean, and and it's yeah, it's traditional. It's it's uh it's uh, but it, man. There's something about those movies, the what they they put some real detail in like hair like blowing in the breeze mm. and like they'll they they give like the background some like, you know, some independent features of movement and everything mm. whereas most cartoons you see the background's a background and yeah, fuck yeah. it. Um uh you know, it's such a beautiful movie. It's one of those where you just come out of it going Man, I just this is I mean it's it's both it's both sad and happy and mm. all the emotions, you know, when you're huh. walking out of it and everything. Uh so I can't recommend that movie. Nice. Good Put stuff. it on the list. Yeah, baby. All right. So uh that will be the Syncast for this week. Keep going to SoundCloud, giving us your thoughts. Oh man, we're we're like 
having conversations. People are having conversations with each other. We had Aaron Dicer on the last one. Uh, he's getting on there and commenting. People love him. It's great stuff. Keep it going. And uh, we've had a lot of people go to iTunes and, and throw a rating on there. Just happens to have been good. So if you want to participate in that orgy of goodness, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. absolutely. I love orgies of goodness. Yeah. No, that's my favorite type of orgy. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like the interaction, too, because a lot of times these these people come up with some stuff that, you know, we didn't think of at oh, the yeah. time. and you know st- some other ways of considering things i uh enjoy that very much yeah yeah and, like the uh, guy that uh, wanted uh, seven from the villain's perspective that'd be awesome yeah yeah absolutely so um but uh, that'll be the syncast this week it's chris Atkins and jeremy scott and barrett share we'll see you next time thanks for listening comment on our episodes on our soundcloud page check us out on youtube twitter facebook and reddit and be sure to visit cinemasins.com That's a lot of shit, man. Let's do this shit. All right. Today's show. Are you done? Yeah, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Today's show. I was like sitting there going, maybe you didn't even start recording yet. (laughs) Hey, hey, it's Talking Krusty. (laughs) Let's see. Yes, I am recording. Okay. Fuck me. Gonna have to do that again for sure now. <laughs> now I'm fucked up. Audible.com slash like, fuck uh, me. You're slipping into a British accent. Yeah. It's like when Ross uh, in France. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's yeah, so funny. I have heard the music of Blink 182. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Figured they're related somehow. Well, that counts. <laughs> There's definitely Derek Jacobi in here somewhere. Probably. Probably. Uh, Derek Jacobi. But a Farfig Nugan. Farfig Nugan. I watched Mallrats the other night, came on Stars, and I was like, I'm just going to watch it until, it was right at the beginning, I was like, I'm just going to watch it until like Silent Bob and Jay are introduced, ended up watching the whole thing. Yep. Sucked you in, huh? It really did. It's been a while since I've seen it. Yeah, I haven't seen that movie in a long time. It really does have, that Suzanne song, that Weezer song at the end, is one of my favorite like closing credits songs ever. Even better than. Go ahead. I got nothing. <laughs> um, I actually, I, I, when I got the Mallrats Blu-ray, there's another version he made where he uh, edited it himself. Cause, really? Because this is one of those classic Kevin Smith cases of the studio sort of taking over what he did and saying, "Let's cut it to this or whatever." And so then he made his own thing, but. Even his own thing, he admits, is probably not very good or whatever. But he's got, he's awfully, he and a lot of his really hardcore fans obviously have a really sweet spot for Mallrats. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why. I have given that movie a many, many chances. It's churlish. Many, many chances. <laughs> um, and it's just, yeah, there's just so many things about it that are like, eh, yeah, I mean, there's some funny moments in it. There's some some classic Kevin Smith in there, but there's also just some th- some things where it's just being rude to be rude, yep. you know. It's also that dialogue seems stilted when it's coming out of Jeremy London. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, he's awful in <laughs> he's that movie. Terrible. Oh my god! Like Joey Lauren Adams can pull it off, Jason Lee can pull it off. Yeah, even his brother had... Jason London could have pulled it off. Yeah, I think so. He was in Days and Confused. Oh yeah. <laughs> 
and he was he was had some some decent gravitas in yeah. days and confused yeah uh but uh but yeah like and then yeah claire falani of course that's oh. not her that's not her milieu <laughs> no she's foxy as hell <laughs> there's a lot of big words in that uh talk about a movie we didn't come here to talk about <laughs> indeed i don't know what came over me prime shannon doherty <laughs> that's good doherty <laughs> Woo, that's good doherty it's funny to me that Google is as scary as it is, but their Gmail program, when you actually search stuff, is only kind of decent. It's yeah, it's not as as helpful as you would think it would be. Yeah, nope. like like you would uh, when I put episode fifty eight in, I should see nothing but episode fifty eight. But they somehow find a way to come up with hundreds of messages that somehow match that those parameters. <laughs> it's not like a snappy book. It's called. A hundred years of solitude. Have you ever heard of a hundred years mm-hmm. of solitude? Mm-hmm. It's a Spanish writer forever ago. I think it was, I don't know when he published it. Uh, but it's this, it's the longest book I've ever listened to. And it's literally like this weird, fantastical town, uh, this utopia, uh, that lasts like a hundred years and it goes through like the family tree. It's, it's very dense, but it's awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess I should figure out what the author was. Jose Arcadio. Jose Feliciano. Jose Feliciano. It was published in 1967. Gabriel Garcia Marquez. And the character is Jose Arcadio Buendita. 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 <laughs> and the guy is like this regular, like, what kind of, like a, like a John Hausman type of oh, voice. Nice. And he pronounces all of them like Jose Garcia Buendito. Al Buendito. <laughs> <laughs> How long, how long did it take you to narrate? Or, yeah, I guess narrate. Too or, damn long. Oh, God, it had to have taken fucking forever. I would never do it again. I promise. What What do you think? Like a, like a week? It was done over the course of several weeks. If I had to guess the total number of hours, 45 maybe. Wow. But it's super hard for me, like, to sit in one place for three hours let yeah. alone like here at least we have free form conversation <laughs> like, instead of me re- just reading the same shit and every few minutes michael going you screwed that up you gotta do that one again <laughs> so um, he's reading along with you oh yeah oh my god oh uh, and we still missed a bunch of shit so yeah what are you gonna do i but, mean i can't imagine that being something that the know. sales of the audiobook were not such that i think it would ever be worth doing it again i mean when we did it with my voice thinking that there would be fans that would want to hear it with mm-hmm. my voice and there there were they just there weren't very many of them yeah. so there you go that's a lot of shit man let's do this shit all right you know it's what just as a side when i went to uh london it was 20 some odd years ago uh-huh. or whatever I started talking British just just to troll people, <laughs> and like, and somebody was like, "Man, you really picked up the accent out here." I was like, "Nah, man, I'm just, <laughs> just fucking with." Wouldn't you rather wipe my ass for me?